This episode is being recorded out of Shop Talk Podcast Studios in Oak Park, Michigan. For more information, visit www.shoptalkpod.com. Yeah, 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 y'all already know what it is, man Welcome back to This Week in Culture Ain't no episode number, man It's your favorite, Ant Wood, a.k.a. Trinidad And I got my nigga in the building with me, Jay What up, dog? What's poppin', what's poppin'? Man, that is my shit, dog it's one of my favorites, nigga. Randomly, I bumped that shit like ten times last week, man, nigga man. Welcome back uh, This is your band, the mastermind of the whole <laughs> shit uh, all that shit Yo man uh, Quick shout out to all the fans Shout out to all the listeners Shout out to all the listeners worldwide Shout out to everybody in Nicaragua What y'all know about your boys being top 40 in Nicaragua Damn no Come on son We Damn not you, them, them streams is not just American nigga Like You know I I, I thought long and hard pause about Like why did we get to the top of the charts in Nicaragua Fucking top 40 man And then I was like Boy band shit It got to be Snowfall It had to be Because Easily. It was a, I guarantee they not watching Power in Nicaragua nigga <laughs> You know how many drugs were sold from Nicaragua nigga They looking at Power like Is this what they doing with our drugs? Yeah, but because it was about the the Sandinista Nicaragua. I know it. We yeah, it had something. No, that that one hundred percent had to be snowfall, man. Rest in peace, John Singleton. Shout out to Franklin Saint. Fuck you, ghost. Uh, shit. We in the building, man. Shout out to everybody in Nicaragua. Shout out to all you American niggas. Um, y'all better get y'all streams up, man. We trying to be top forty worldwide, baby. And uh, wait one second, y'all already know. When that can crack, that mean your man's back. Mars. Uh shit, man. So this week in culture, we ain't really got much going on because ah, y'all hear that can. Um, power left y'all with no episode. For everybody who's still hitting me up as of today, saying, yo, it wasn't no power this week. Bitch, no. Uh, it really wasn't. And um, that was actually a nigga that hit me up, so don't take that bitch like I was talking to a female because that was a dude that hit me. But uh, nah, man, we just came in here to really kick it with y'all for a minute, honestly, because just because yeah. Courtney and them will leave you don't mean we ever will. We're going to be in here every week regardless. Shout out to Courtney, though. Shout out to Courtney, man. Courtney Kemp out here. Liking our She pics liking pics, man. I, hey, man, Courtney, I don't know if you ever going to listen to any of these episodes. I hope you don't wait till we are already on for you to start fucking with it but just know that ann wood said i'm gonna tag you every week and everything we do i don't care what it's related to man matter of fact i think i'm about to just start tagging everybody from everything we review on everything we do nigga like i don't even gotta it ain't gotta be old power we just hitting courtney and 50 and them. so what we I'm gonna hit- do so we can guarantee mm-hmm. and we do this a lot sometimes yeah. we're just gonna find the writers of all the shows yeah and tag them and get it because because hey, i know they social media not popping like that and they behind the scene they don't want to be out there yeah. so what we gonna do is hit them up get the love on the back end and then they can put us in front of who we need to be in front of that's man that's what we gonna do so yeah i'm gonna retroactively go back and get it popping um but shout out to courtney shout out to 50 shout out to power i ain't gonna lie 
my Saturday night slash Sunday afternoon was a little empty without power, bro. It was a little bro. lacking. It was a little lacking. Like, dog, I, I, I don't used to be caught out here lacking. Fam, you know I, what I'm I, I try never to be caught lacking. I, I'm never out here Jay lacking. Jay never lacking. You know what I'm saying? But we've been out here lacking, dog. That that one little random break from power like kind of threw my schedule off a little bit, man. I don't understand why they do that every year. Normally, I get it when it's their normal schedule because this break is usually somewhere around Labor Day. Why, though? But every show, because nobody's watching TV, Labor no, Day weekend. But don't nobody, like, so you don't think nobody's going to watch for the entire week? It ain't about your live numbers no more. Man. It's about your own demand. Like, it's not, it's not even no commercial. Man. Like, it's um, not even like you missing ads. It's, it's not a commercial. Like, we're going to watch it, fam. I, I, I give them that because it's what we've been made accustomed to. But this break right here, it ain't even Halloween, nigga. Like, y'all just took off for nothing like there was no reason for you especially gaining the momentum that they had like me and jay said it last week when we was talking offline we was like yo i guess they think because they killed keisha like y'all yeah, think this is niggas just could sit with that for two weeks and i'm like uh don't easy yourself man because uh them little breaks is Issa no for me hey man after two years when you come back hey I mean, man i'm yo let us know in the comments if y'all still gonna fuck with Insecure next summer, because that year off is crucial, nigga. Two years. Yeah. Because by the time they get back... Two years. That's two full cycles, man. And when like, niggas be saying on their birthday, that's two uh, cycles around the sun. Like, fam, like, what, you gonna come back and you and she's still gonna be doing relationship drama? Because you gotta, you gotta jump two years forward, because if not, then it's really slow. Yeah, like facts. What, like, what are you, what, like, huh? Speaking of Issa Rae, though, hold up, man. Watch me, uh, watch me segue. Issa Rae launched a record label called Radio, spelled R-A-E-D-I-O. Um, Why? I don't know, but. Do, 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 do. It was reported by Shadow Act. Uh, you could follow Shadow Act on the gram if you want to, if you don't already. Uh, Issa has officially launched her own record label with the deal through Atlantic Records. She debuted her label radio, which also supplies music supervision services for another HBO show uh, that she's executive producing, Black Lady Sketch Show. So I don't know if the record label is giving her an opportunity to maybe like be in charge of music over her shows or if she running like a real real like death row type label because with i feel like with technology now why do i need a record label it's a lot of different like things you could do unless you just what you're trying what you're saying is like you just gonna front the bag for people who don't got enough money to get in the studio because that's something different you know what i'm saying okay well it says she did sign a rapper slash singer whose name is tmar and her new single kind of love was recently released and she also has accompanying music by Ari Lennox and Lucky Day. And she did a video with some notable cameos, including Issa herself. So, hey, if we going off the soundtracks from Insecure, we obviously know that Issa be into her music bag. So I guess she's trying to venture out into some new shit. Godspeed yeah. if she producing some good music. Man. I'm cool with that. Yeah. I, would, um, I would, for for people getting that in that lane, mm -hmm. I would probably go into management. Mm. management and curating talent because like as far as like a record label is concerned yeah like, it gets it gets funky what could you possibly offer somebody speaking of uh of music and labels did you hear that comment that ti made to elliot wilson 
in their interview. I did not. Let me play this. Just actually, I'm segueing the fuck out of this beginning already. Hang on. Uh, I am. Yeah, I, I won't. I won't check. Check this out. Hold on. Oh, let me get us some ball. Freestyle for you. Let me. The thing I always tell people when they come up and say, "Man, let me freestyle for you. Let me kick this 16. Yeah. I'm like, bro, listen. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can, can have some bars, but. I'm not really interested in that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You can have the best freestyle, most magnificent freestyle I've ever heard in my life, and that's not going to convince me that you that that, that, that I should invest my money in. Mm-hmm. What's gonna do that, you're gonna to have to have some form of assurance or collateral. And that usually comes from the effort and the work that you've already been putting in. Yeah. So what you should do is take that freestyle, go somewhere and record yourself. It's very inexpensive nowadays. Don't wow. cost a fortune. Record yourself, create a song, get that song buzzing, shoot your video, upload it on YouTube. Let me see how many people have support have support for your movement. And then you won't have to come find me at that point. It's my job to come find you. All right. Now, thoughts on that? Uh, two different things. All right. Uh, one, like I get it. Mm-hmm. Fuck you. Gonna, I mean, you going to drop a dope 16. I'm uh, like, oh, that shit fire, fam. Mm-hmm. And then like, did that mean that you're going to make a song or album that other people are going to buy? Or do I just like the bars? You yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I get him on that on that on that side. But that's never been to prove that I'm the greatest artist. That's actually just to sh- to get your attention to show you that I got some sort of talent. Yeah. Like, hey, let me stand out from the crowd. Yeah. Um, the whole idea, it sounds good about him saying do a song and so he won't record people. a video and all so that. Yeah. What you what you're saying is you want him to walk up to you with his cell phone and show him your his YouTube streams? It's like, is that what you like? Basically, you don't want to. You're not the person spotting talent, so don't hit me with nothing. So uh, I, I wrote a, a short comment under the video, but I can expand on my thought here. So I wrote, all this tells me is that the A&R is still dead. Mm. Labels and execs want ready-made talent with a hit and an already established fan base, so they can provide a few dollars but recoup millions. Yes. Stay independent, all artists. These folks want to take credit and money for your work. They don't want to develop you. That's what I took from his comment. And to Jay's point, I get his comment. I I 100% get it. Yeah, that we live in a different era. Coming up and freestyling, don't tell me you'll ever make a dollar for me. Because the music, that's not what they want to hear from the music. Facts. But to that point, it doesn't make any sense from the artist standpoint who already has that following that he's telling me hey show me your following show me you have a movement show me you got if you already have that and to his other point hey it's pretty inexpensive to do a video nowadays and sort of invest in yourself it's also pretty inexpensive to upload your own music upload your video do your own thing you can do it on your own $15 a month fam if you have the following that he's saying will garner his attention you also have enough following that you'll never need him. Cause like, and I ain't just saying Tia. I mean any major label or executive. And that's what I was speaking to about the least the Issa Rae joint. And mm-hmm. that it's not to her specifically mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. I said, and I'm questioning like, well, what yeah. do you have to offer? Yeah. Like in 2019, 2020, what can a record label offer an artist? Yeah. Is it going to be promotion? Yeah. Because then I'll just pay money to get promoted. I'll I'll pay money. To get put on a playlist on yeah. Spotify, man. 
because that's better than your marketing budget that you're going to put me all over social media because that's Fam. not where people going to find the music from. Like Daniel Caesar, I don't I, I can't put numbers behind it, but I know for a fact that a majority of people who I know who know Daniel Caesar, who bought that first album or downloaded, streamed it, whatever, were introduced to him from Joe Budden's podcast. They played uh, Get You as mm -hmm. a sleeper. Niggas was like they never heard that song. I had that song six months before they played that. I'm ninety five percent positive niggas got on St. John from Joe Budden. From Joe Budden, one guaranteed, guaranteed. That's why I like, first I first heard him. Yeah, and it's like a long time ago. Yeah, a very long time ago. And now it's like he now has he, this huge he movement. Yeah. Friends, so it's it, you know a lot of this shit is is happenstance. A lot of this shit is is organic and it doesn't require you to actually go out there and be signed by someone for them to notice you you don't have to chase that bag in this day and age you don't gotta chase that debt yeah facts because if i sign you to a one million dollar record deal right that says that you owe the record label one million, $1 million. dollars i'm a i'm a i'm a front you a million dollars to make the album hey. and you're not making no money until i get my million dollars back did you watch the <coughs> Not the Wu-Tang show on Hulu, but the documentary, the four-part documentary on Showtime. Uh, I didn't watch it all. I just finished it like two days ago. I recommend everybody interested in doing anything in the music game or really any big business at this point, watch that. The beefs that they had internally were literally because of that, man. ODB died wondering why he was the only member of Wu-Tang who RZA didn't let out of his solo contract. Why This your cousin. And you died wondering, like, dog, how you let go of Raekwon? You let go of eight other niggas and kept me in my contract? But that's not even for, um, just for musicians. Yeah. If you listening out there and you do a podcast, mm -hmm. don't stay independent. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of people ask me, come up here like, well, why, why haven't you started a, a network? A network, right? yeah. Because you got... Um, 79 different podcasts, Life Flex, yeah. then it came through this studio. Like, why ain't you started a network? Because I don't want to get all these people together and say, hey, I'm a part of Shop Talk Podcast Network, blah, 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 and I don't got nothing to offer you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. There are a bunch of networks that are out there, but like, if, if you don't, what's the value? If I can't make you make money Facts. consistently month over month, I'm not about to quote unquote sign you to something. Yeah. That being said, 2020. Got some shit popping. Facts. Uh, facts. We'll talk later, though. But, um, but you know what I'm saying? Like, what can you so offer? In the movie, uh, you remember the movie Cadillac Records? Yeah. Another great movie. Beyond, like, the dramatic parts of that, it's some real gems throughout that movie. But um, there's one part where uh, I can't remember the Jewish dude name, but, like, the main Jewish dude who started Cadillac Records, he's talking to Howlin' Wolf. If you don't know Howlin' Wolf, Google. Um, I don't got time to explain who he is to music, but he's talking to Howlin' Wolf, and Howlin' Wolf pulled up old beat up nasty truck. Looked like he didn't had that bitch for sixty years, nigga. And how he asked Howlin' Wolf like, dog, why why you don't take like one of the Cadillac? Like we give Cadillacs as a part of your record deal, Cadillac Records. And he responded saying, "Oh, this truck does me just fine. I don't borrow against a stone." Meaning, I'm not taking shit from you because I still, I think in that part, he said he owed him like 15000 So I'm going to pay you what I owe. And then everything you give me will be mine. 
But I ain't giving you nothing while I'm in debt to you, nigga. You know what that's called? Interest. So I would, uh, to quote cannabis. Yeah. If you sign a recording deal for less than a quarter meal and your advance is a $100,000 automobile, I know the vehicle is probably beautiful, but did you ask your lawyer if it was recoupable? Mm. AKA, yeah, this vehicle costs $100,000, but I'm going to need that 100000 back. Yeah. 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 Or if you talk about, yo, why I ain't got no money? I'm going to point you in the direction of that $100,000 car, and I'm going to tell you, fam, I gave you hundred k. All those tours you've been going on, all the, 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 the suites. You think that's free? And you trashing those rooms, you having a great you fucking time? You think that's time? free? Oh, that's that's recoupable, that, baby. That's In that Wu-Tang dog, man, that's the part where uh, RZA's brother, Divine, and Raekwon, they are kind of in separate scenes yeah. discussing their issue. These niggas was best friends and fell out because of the deals and the internals and Raekwon basically feeling like fam y'all can't make money off us as a group and me and y'all getting more money than me like three different ways nigga and he was like dog he he literally called divine his former best friend called a nigga a snake and said dog y'all are stealing he said nigga you've taken millions from my pocket off my back and you did it and nigga technically you ain't never signed a sheet of paper to even say you were like how are you managing us just because you raise a brother nigga like how you getting more money off me than me and you ain't doing nothing we doing so it's it's a dirty game man so all that to say to ti's point again from the record label from the executive standpoint i understand wanting developed talent but you got ti who just two weeks ago said that iggy azalea was like the stain signing her was like the stain on his career as a music exec because you tried to do it the easy way but you know what though he didn't try to do he did it she had a number one single for weeks you made millions off her like it or not so yeah. you might want to try to get some black fans back by saying oh signing that white girl was bad for the culture no, nigga, we knew that when you signed it. But don't be mad that you already made that money, nigga. And he got mad when she started not doing what he told her. To do. Like, I'm going to do I'm gonna do what I'm going to do. I'm going to make the music. And as a creative, nigga, you ain't just going to keep telling me how to make my music. And you're not going to tell me how to address issues with people coming at me. Facts. Facts. Like, I get it. It ain't all come out right. Yeah. But we was kind of... Like, some of that shit wasn't as bad as we made it seem. Hell no. Nah. You know what I'm saying? Hell no. Nah. Like, granted. She got a bad rap on granted, a lot of that bullshit. You know, I'm black power all day. All day, nigga. It's easy to get somebody caught up in a trap where you can make them say some shit Man. about that. And then you be like, not nah, what you mean And then you can that? twist it, yeah. It's real easy. And then sometimes Man. we be knowing what time it is, but we be wanting to make the point mm -hmm. for others who really deserve it. And sometimes you just she just fall victim to the... Just fall victim to it. How many white girls fell victim to the street? Rest, Rest in, in peace, Iggy Azalea. <laughs> it's a heaven for Australian G, man. But uh, again, independent artists, independent podcasters, independent writers, independent whatever it is that you do, man. Think twice before you sign these deals. Understand that there is a difference between what you're owed and what you owe them. Um, Understand that anything you owe them. Or any time you owe them, rather, you are not making money and <laughs> you are they're recouping on every dollar you make until you've paid what you owe. So outside of a bonus, you're going to pay what you owe, Sam. You're going to pay what you owe, man. So just keep that in mind. Shout out to Issa. Shout out to T.I. Uh, with Issa's deal, I am curious what that looks like, because as we're having this conversation, I'm like, bro, she could have shit. She could have did something through HBO and started a whole new type of label. You know what I'm saying? It ain't even have to be through Atlantic, but whatever though. But um, 
Yeah, man. Shout out to everybody on that. And again, independent artists, stay independent. You can make your own money, man. I will say this, though. What's happening? Uh, unrelated as fuck, but fuck it. it's about the culture. Because you know everybody been talking about this 6 9 shit and snitching and everything yeah, like yeah. that. So there's a new interview uh, that dropped. I'm like a good 55, 60% way through okay. with Sammy the Bull Gravano. Mm, the original. Yeah. And um, he got a lot to say. I bet. And um, I don't disagree with a lot of it. Yeah. Uh, so for the culture, I think y'all should go watch that. Um, let me see what it's called. It's top, Sammy the Bull breaks his silence after 20 years. Uh, he only been out for like two years. He like 72 years old or something. Uh, but he's still a G. And he been in prison with everybody. And ain't nobody touch him. Yeah. And I don't think nobody gonna touch him. And No. Ain't nobody touching Sammy the Bull. And man. he had an interesting story. He essentially yeah. was like, look, man, John Gotti snitched on me. And before I went to prison, I told him back. And he had a conversation. John told him to his face, like, look, I'm the boss. The tape's going to come out. It's going to make you look really bad. But I'm the boss. You're under boss. You got to take this one for the team, player. Mm-hmm. And he was like, what you mean? Like, usually it's the police trying to put me in jail. Yeah. When, But, like, he felt that since you are trying to avoid jail and you offered me up, he said that was a rat move. And yeah. I wasn't about to take the fall. Because you, you personally me here. felt that I should take the rap for you. Yeah. And um mm. and, the, and the whole thing was like, we gonna make it seem like he was the bad guy. And for John, he had no control over him and it was all him. And like, no, nah, fam, you can't you can't do that to me. So a rap beget a rat. Yeah. Basically. And um it's very interesting. This is about a two hour conversation. And it just gives a little bit more light. So this is not the same kind of situation as Six Nine. Yeah, like yeah, that. yeah, different. But they keep using his name and yeah. calling him a rat and snitch and all the other shit. And it's 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 always a little bit more to the story. So always, uh, I I suggest if y'all even care about that type of shit. Speaking of uh, it being a little bit more to the story, man, completely different scenario, but something that we've spoken about on this pod uh, that I just wanted to follow up with. So you remember the whole deal with uh, Myron Roll and Amanda Seals, right? Yes. Dude, she falsely said, did some foul wild shit to her, but it was actually some shit that he had allegedly done to some other women. And she just basically reiterated it, but spoke on it from first person as if he had done that shit to her, came out. Uh, she basically retracted all her words, said she was mad that he wasn't feeling her. Well, she now, yeah, like more or less. Um, but now uh, his medical license is being reviewed by the medical review board because of her accusations. She was just on a breakfast club. Was she? I just saw the interview with her. I didn't, oh, I didn't shit. Watch I got to get at it. I didn't watch it, but I just seen a, it came across my YouTube this morning. I need to watch that for a few reasons. One, because I just want to see what the hell she got to say about any of this. I want to see what they're addressing. Or maybe she was on Hot 9-7. Whatever she was on, I need to watch. But two, I want to see if she addresses that whole little Emmy debacle with Issa. Because I'm very curious, like, what her, uh, I guess, lack of a good relationship with Issa's manager who wouldn't let her in that Emmy party. I'm curious what that's going to mean for her role on the show, bro. 
All right, yeah, it was today. It was Amanda Seals, but she was on uh, Big Boy. Big Boy, Big Boy, yeah. Big Boy okay, TV. Big Boy don't be holding back. No. I'm, I'm gonna talk. I'm, a, I'm gonna listen to that. It's man. an hour and six minutes, so you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's fire. All right, I'm on that tonight, dog. Because I just want to know, like, something about all this. Because she got a lot of mess going on right now in the. Like even a uh, shout out to dog that played Dre. I can't think his real name right now, but that nigga Rodney. Yeah, dog, dog clowning. Not Dre from uh Power. Dre from Insecure. Oh. My nigga with the teeth, tall nigga. Yeah, teeth. Dog said uh, after that Emmy shit, that nigga had a, a few words too. Like he said something like he literally because somebody tagged him like, "Yo, what you think about this?" Dog basically he responded like, "Uh." If you a problematic bitch and don't nobody want to hang with you, how you think you're going to get in the party? Like, we don't want to kick it with you, nigga. Like, sorry. Issa can't save you, fam. Like, no, fam. her manager don't like you and probably nobody else here do either. So. I just never been that type. If I don't feel that I'm wanted, I'm not going to go. I want to go. Why do you want to be there if you know the person throwing it ain't fucking with you? But that's me, though. Um, Other news real quick. Uh, They announced. The one, the only, the beautiful Zoe Kravitz will be the next Catwoman. Uh, whenever a new Batman drops, I think they said twenty twenty one. The Batman is what it's yeah, called. Yeah, the Batman. You yes. see who's gonna be playing uh Bruce? Yeah, I'm not feeling that. Just cause Robert Patterson, right? Dog from Twilight. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, granted, I've never seen Twilight in my life. Have no desire to. But just looking at Dog on paper, he look a little too young. I'm getting Ben Affleck vibes, like where I just don't believe you. I got. I'm cool with Ben Affleck as Batman. He got the chin for it. He got the look. I ain't really dig. I didn't dig the movie they gave Ben Affleck. Give him a better because I know Ben Affleck can act. So get that nigga a better script. We might be talking about something, but uh, I feel you. Dog looks a little young. He don't got the pause. He don't got the right chin for this shit. Yeah, that's a very he got a little like, skinny. Like Batman got yeah. this very square soft. Like he got a. No, it's a distinct look, man. Like that we've been accustomed to. Just like Superman got the booty chin, yeah, the little cleft chin. Like yeah, Batman got the big squared off chin. So you see, you seen the Joker? Yes, I haven't gone and seen it. Fuck with it. I fuck with it, bro. Okay, quick matinee, quick whatever, man. That's a good ass movie, dog. Okay, that's a good ass movie. I really man. had no desire to see it, man. But <laughs> people in uh, people in New York, man. They talked about this on a couple New York-based podcasts, so I ain't going to get too heavy into it. But the steps that he's dancing down and coming down on the- I saw that scene. Yeah. Um, people are going to like take pictures on those steps. That's in the middle of the hood. And I really want people to not go over there and just take pictures and try to be cool. Because, <laughs> you know, it's Halloween. Too. That's in the hood, bro. Like, that's not like a nice area at all that you just want to be touristing around. Like, yeah. the Joker been done filming. Like, there's nobody over there to save y'all. So, please stop trying to be famous on the ground, man. Uh, What else I got? Yo, I haven't watched it. But I will watch it probably tomorrow. Definitely this week. Did you watch Watchmen on HBO? Did not. Um, I didn't watch it the first time. The movie. Yeah. So do I, I do I gotta know the movie to watch no, this? No. Okay. I watched the movie and read the book. Um, the book was a part of a class, but I was so into it that when the movie came out, I had to see it. The show that starred or premiered on HBO last night, starring Regina King, the That's great the only Regina King. I said I'm gonna watch it. Well, now you got two reasons, bro. Episode one, they recreated the Tulsa race riots of 1921. 
off top. They came directly at and everybody who's like black, 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 pro black, blickety black, y'all hit me last night like nigga. Really? This they said the opening twenty minutes of that shit is some of the greatest TV ever, dog. Okay. They went in. Um. So if you aren't familiar with the Tulsa race riots, the Greenwood massacre, um, that's Black Wall Street for for those who are maybe a little more familiar with that name. But uh, that's basically when a young man, young black man, was accused of assaulting a white woman. Y'all know that story, and because of that, not only were white people like or black people excuse me killed and lynched and banished and shot and their houses were they burned did. and these neighborhoods were burned they they airdropped yeah they airdropped bombs this is the only in the history of race wars in america it's the only time that bombs were actually airdropped on black neighborhoods bro so check this out little known fact some of you may know some of you may not know mm-hmm. the song by the gap band you dropped a bomb on me mm. was actually about that Mm. And the Gap Band stands for Greenwood, Archer, and Pine because they are all from there. Yeah. Um, and that whole song was, you dropped a bomb on me. Um, it was a little subtle, a little subtle shot at the establishment. Yeah. And they didn't, white folks didn't know what they was dry, they was dancing to. Yeah. Um, so if and you I have not watched. the hell out of them. Folks. Oh, yeah. No, that's major. Dog. But um, Gap Band, we might close out with some Gap Band on that. Uh, but. If you haven't watched The Watchmen, go check it out. Jay and I haven't watched it, but I'm going to definitely get to it because I was already intrigued. It's Regina King. Love Regina King. When they told me that's what it opened with, and then when I jumped on Google, you know how Google, it knows you and all your normal searches and shit. So as soon as I opened up Google on my phone this morning, that was the first thing there. Like, uh, premiere of Watchmen touches on Tulsa race war. And I was like, what? So you know what's interesting? I don't like how this shit works now. Huh? And we've been getting to say we got a lot of requests to to review um, Bumpy Johnson. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Harlem, OG Harlem. Yeah, what, yeah. what is it called? Um, Godfather. 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 To say we got a lot of those. It would be it would be an understatement for sure. But I was on watching that last night. Great episode. Yeah. By the way. Yeah. And Muhammad Ali is on there, of course. Okay. And Malcolm. Malcolm. Has been in all yeah. Four episodes. Yep. I watched that shit on the app. Okay. On my TV. As soon as I go to YouTube, I got nothing but Malcolm X speeches and <laughs> Muhammad Ali speeches on tele- television. I'm like, come on, fam. Y'all didn't link me that quick. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't like this. I'm That's about to, where we at, bro. I'm about to, I got to unplug. But I love, I like Godfather Harlem. I yeah. don't know how to review it though. So I'm first of all, I'm an episode behind, so don't spoil none. But I agree with what you're saying. I don't really know how to review it. I don't uh, know how to review it. It may be one of them shows that we have to sort of when the whole season's over, like go back and just touch on the entire yeah. thing. And I need to see how many episodes it is. I don't know, because uh, it might be maybe a little two part joint that we could do. But I, that's sort of what I'm gathering. From. Like, I can't do a per episode review of this. Like, I can't do it because I don't really know how to do it. Like, so I, many things I are mean, happening. Yeah. And it's like, I do so much researching. Like, no, wait a minute. Did this did this actually happen? Yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And I didn't have to Google what Mamie Johnson looked like. Yeah. I'm like, because she... Super. On the show? <laughs> hey, hey. Real life? Hey. <laughs> episode four? <laughs> hey, man. <laughs> Mamie, okay. Episode hey. four, 
Yeah. So uh, she is. I know you didn't watch. Um, what's the Spike Lee joint on Netflix? Mm-mm. Uh, she's she's got to have it. So you can is see. That, is, it, is that her? Oh, you can see her doing way more. She eating coochie, but nakedly. Mm. All through. Matter of fact, you ain't even got to go through the whole season. Whatever this past season was, I think this was three. Just watch the first episode, bro, and enjoy your life. Enjoy a good Tuesday afternoon, nigga. Because, yeah. Going she, up. She was cutting up, Tuesday. nigga. I was watching that shit with my mother. <laughs> and I said, yo, let's go ahead and watch. Uh, and I said, where uh power at or some shit, nigga? Because it opened up with like a raw, like, whoa. But, yeah, maybe getting down on there. She was getting down in the last couple seasons, too, but... That one is episode the, is she the good? She's got to have a girl. She's one of her girl. You know, she's got to have it. Uh, the character dates a bunch of different people. She's the I'm lesbian phase of her life. Oh, so they and know, they I never watched that. Yeah, show. they they go off and on for all three seasons of the show. Um, but the scene in episode one of this past season was probably the most graphic mm. of all their, and they'd had some graphic scenes prior, but that one was like damn this is like real life porn a little bit like i went to l in the categories and went on and typed in that esbian on the motherfuckers man but uh yeah she's and she's doing a good job i actually follow that uh actress on the gram and she's one of them like oh she's so beautiful and i've seen her in like some roles but i never really knew if like when she announced that she was part of this i was like damn that's kind of a heavier role than I've ever seen her. So I was kind of, you know, can she handle that? She's been killing it, man. Forrest Whitaker's doing phenomenal. Uh, Dog playing Malcolm X is doing phenomenal. I, I like that show, man. But I think that we have to see where it's going. Because that's the other thing with, like, quote, unquote, shows based around real life. I need to see what direction you taking me. Because, like, I tell you, last night I felt... Like, is this a show about Bumpy Johnson? Yeah. Or is it a show about Malcolm X? Yeah. Because I felt. Yep. Or is it like about them together? I didn't yeah. know. Like, yeah. I wasn't expecting, though I, I'm here for it. Yeah. I wasn't yeah. expecting Malcolm in every episode. Yeah. I um I, I wasn't either. Like, I remember my mom calling me when she watched episode one and telling me, your boy is in episode one. And I said, who is my boy? She said, Malcolm X. I said, Oh, they went directly there. Like, so if y'all don't from know, the rip, yeah. Uh, Malcolm X is my my favorite person in in, in yeah. of all time, like in history. Mm-hmm. Like, this is the person that I like. If I can meet and have a yeah. conversation with him, like, this is my favorite person of all time. Who's my favorite person? Mine probably Bruce Lee. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Mine, mine probably Bruce Lee. Man, like, I'm a t- yeah. yeah, but. From the, from the martial arts end of it, you know, I studied 20 years. Um, but then just from the philosophical end of it, man, like, dog was a, a genius, man. And Then it got me thinking, like, dog, I wouldn't be opposed to a Malcolm X TV show, fam. That could be good. It and would that, have to be done so well, though. Yeah, like, like, I'm cool. I'm like, I'm talking about from Detroit Red. Like, so how we, mm-hmm, we watched the mm-hmm, Malcolm X movie? Mm-hmm. I, want, I want 13 but hours. But break that, that down. Shit. Yeah, don't I don't want, give me the, the three-hour version, which was yeah. great. 
Denzel still got one of the most snubbed Oscars ever. But um, give me give me three seasons. Break that, that down. Show. You can give me Detroit Red for half your first season you before you the even whole start. first season. Yeah, could be Detroit. Yeah. I mean, facts. As a kid, yeah, and, uh, like I'm I'm cool yeah. with all. Go that. from back when his daddy got murdered till whenever. Yeah, the whole second season is him joining the NOI. Yeah. Boom. The third season because of him be actively, and then the fourth season could be. Whatever, I'm I'm cool with that, and yeah. my man, I'm cool with what doing him being Malcolm. Malcolm. Yeah, no, he can uh he can Biggie that shit. What's dog that play Biggie and everything? Yeah, did he play Malcolm in something else? Because when did I he? when I googled him oh, to find his name, yeah, uh, the picture of him looked like Malcolm, and it was a mm. and it was a, um a recommendation for another film, and it was like another black film. So I'm like, I wonder if he played him in something else. Oh shit! Wait a minute. You know what? I think he played Malcolm X in um, Selma. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's the one they they, they yep. that, that, It was Selma. Yeah. That's what they Yep. Uh, I remember that, dog. Is that, but I remember saying, because he used to be on like Different World or some shit way back in the day. Like, him? He was, yeah. He was on That's some, him? Yeah. And dog, I literally remember saying dog. from back in the day. Dog looks just like Malcolm X. Like literally, I said that as a kid, dog. That's that's him. him. I remember that's him. Dog. I can remember the younger version that's of him now. One hundred percent him, dog. Straight up and down, bro. I do remember dog. Yeah. Yeah. Dog been on some shit for a long time. And he's always looked like Malcolm X. <laughs> like kind of his entire life, really. So let me um let me verify that. Some I'm almost certain it was different world, but I want to make sure it wasn't like another one of them shows from that era. But yeah, I'm pretty sure that's dog. Where is the TV? I don't want his filmography. He was on Half and Half. Don't care about that. He was on Moesha. Nigel Nigel Thatch. Yeah, he was on Parenthood. That's what it was. Not different world. Parenthood. He used to go with Zarya. Okay. That's what it was. Yeah. So, but I remember saying back then though, like dog looked just like different world, uh, just like Malcolm X, like because he kind of played that type of character. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, and he had a little uh, cameo in Players Club where he told Diamond when she was at school paying her uh, tuition and shit. Nigga told her he heard it. She work up at the Players Club and asked her how much that pussy costs, nigga. So yeah, dog a legend. Dog a legend in the hood, man. And he's doing a phenomenal job as Malcolm. So, oh, what else? Hang on. I got some other shit in here. Oh, man. So, we don't have a Blackberry letter per se this week. But I did have somebody send me something. Well, shout out to our Blackberry letter from last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got a lot of feedback off that, too. Uh, And just, like, the love that we got. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yo. And shout out to the author of the Blackberry letter from last week, man. She she definitely showed love. Um. Shout out to guys and and pause that. But guys don't listen to shit because we've directed everybody who listens to the pod. Email this weekend culture pod at gmail dot com. My nigga straight sent me this shit on the gram. Like, yo, y'all need to talk about this. So we sent this meme, and it's one of them conversation starters okay it says have y'all ever noticed the relationship is at stake only when the female is unhappy but y'all ain't ready for that talk though basically insinuating that when men ain't happy in a relationship we're expected to just tolerate put up with deal with go through the motions with whatever but when the woman's unhappy changes got to be made or this shit is over yeah he said, y'all need to talk about that. So 
I, I literally replied and said, nigga, you trying to get us in trouble because we, look, man, we got a mostly female audience. Don't get me fucked up. Hey, man. I mean, <laughs> hey, look, man, somehow that's how the crooked crumble sometimes. <laughs> 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 oh, shit. We can't say shit. Uh, like in real life, I just think the woman is more important. Hey. And, and I'll break it down like yeah. this. I do think the black woman is God. Mm-hmm. And I think the woman is more important, um, more so than us, because the woman at birth is born with all the children that she can possibly have. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. And every emotion that the woman goes through is an emotion that can be possibly passed on through one of your offsprings. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So every woman has their daughter and possibly like you got two generations in every every woman that's here. Facts. They got like two generations. So what they do and how they feel is kind of like not the only important, but it's almost most important because it got the future. It got your, it got the future of the world. Yeah, and, you know what I'm saying. Like, and don't nothing happen without the woman permission. It's the woman who decides if there's a there can be a relationship. There's a woman who decides if y'all ever gonna have sex. Facts. Because the man can't that's make a big that decision. Fact. We talk about that all the time, right? Here, but it's the woman that's gonna decide if you gonna get married. It's her decision. It's the woman who decides if. Y'all gonna have a child. Facts. It's whether pregnant or not, her decision. It it's it's it is. I um I I agree with what you said, uh, especially with regards to women kind of initiating the terms of the relationship. Like this relationship kicks off with the woman. Um she decides when it moves forward, she decides when it moves backwards. Facts. Um we don't really have really any uh thing to add at that point um in those initial stages but uh where i kind of to to go back to the meme when the woman is upset about some or she brings you know some concerns to the table changes need to be made what i took from that meme was fellas we got to be a little more vocal within our relationships right we can't just Men are used to surviving. That's what we do, man. We're survivors. We make ways out of no way. We build from nothing. And and we're kind of expected to do that even within the confines of our relationships. But what we've learned over the years, that ain't healthy, right? So men need to be more vocal. When we do have problems or concerns, talk about them. That's what we don't do. And that's why the woman, you know, once you're deeply sort of ingrained uh, into the relationship, she kind of controls it and the relationship moves where she says because she's the only one saying something. Yeah. Or the 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 way that you communicate. Mm-hmm. The two communication styles are different. That's a fact. So I don't know that men don't communicate. Yeah. They just don't communicate, we communicate in, diff- the same, yeah. in the same way as the woman. So to that point, two ladies, you gotta know your man. Y'all gotta know if you got a man. I, I literally had a friend tell me about two weeks ago. She was like, she asked me, just kind of in personal conversation why men don't communicate. She like this dude she been dating. She feel like she's had to beat him up and drag it out of him to know how he feels about her, how he feels. He just moved out of state. And she's basically like, I've been left to wonder if we're going to really continue doing this. And she like, he doesn't talk about it. every time I bring it up. He like, Oh, I don't really want to talk. And I feel like I got to drag it out of him and da 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 da. And I was like, yo, just cause you ready to talk about it. 
don't mean that he is. Him moving out of state might be bigger than just, yo, I left my girl. He might have left behind family. I don't know, dog. Yeah. But I'm like, he might have left behind family. He might have left behind uh, another situation he was working on or something that was big here. And now he lived wherever the hell he moved to. So I was telling her, step number one, stop thinking about you. Learn how to communicate with him. How are you dealing with this move? How are you feeling with this yeah. move? Stop asking where does this leave us, right? Because you beating him up over the head with something that might not be number one prior. He just moved his whole life. And I know she told me where he moved, but I won't put dog uh, info on here. He ain't move around the corner, dog. Dog ain't go from here to Gary, Indiana and no shit. Like, that nigga moved far. And I'm like, again, depending on the nature of his situation, I don't know if dog got kids. I don't know if he was taking care of parents. I don't know what his relationships with his family and friends were here. But for where he moved and being a nigga who's moved to the other side of the country before, it can be really impactful on your stressors, right? It can it can click can a lot of them triggers. And um, I moved on a whim. When I moved to Atlanta, I was working for the House of Representatives for the 9th District of Detroit. I went to visit my dog in Atlanta. I came back that Sunday night and Monday morning. I just put in my two weeks. I said I had a fun time down there, nigga. I think I want to move. I've been and I left. About it, actually. Yeah. It's it's a thing, man. I like think about it because like it's a lot of black people down there, fam, who like prospering. Yeah, and like I want to be where black people prosper. I do want to be here. Yeah, but yeah. like it's a different system and setup over there. Yeah, like a little Wakanda. So being in Atlanta at the the start of this black people move, black people have always prospered in atlanta but where it's at now it's not even just entertainment it's literally every line of business you can imagine black people are winning i was there when that begun i was there before niggas were moving in droves to go down there and try to kick something off to see that from the beginning and to you know now be at what i'm gonna deem its apex with everything tyler perry's doing and everything that's happening with hollywood shifting over to atlanta um it's a mecca. I want to open a studio down there. Kind of funny. One of the things I read when I was reading uh, about the Tulsa race riot uh, being intertwined into uh, the HBO joint. One comment in there said it was actually kind of powerful. It said something to the tune of this is the reason I can never hate on a city like Atlanta, because like it or not, that's the closest we've seen to Black Wall Street since Black Wall Street where it was a whole community of black successful businesses, millionaires, self-made people, people that are getting it and they all look like you. And I was like, well, I Detroit can't really argue a, that. Detroit had his own shit in the black bottom district. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They came through and put a free rate through that shit. They did what they do. They did what they do. Hopefully they don't do that to Atlanta. I don't know how they would. Cause it's gone way beyond just a neighborhood, but, is something to be said about how many black folks are down there prospering and winning and how many businesses go down there and get their, uh, they shit kicked off. Now that's not to say whatever you doing in your town can't kick off right in your town, but it is to say, yo, there are definitely some opportunities down there for people like you who look like you. But as a nigga that lived down there, I can also say, don't just move down there thinking that anybody who look like you going to help you out. Cause there's a Thanks. lot of niggas down there that's shady as fuck. And I'm going to keep that real with y'all. Cause a lot of folks who listen to our podcast don't realize how much older we are than them. Um, it's a lot of people just hitting their late twenties and early thirties that rock with us. And they think going to Atlanta is going to move a whole life to the top of the mountain. And you can go down there. I didn't see niggas go to Atlanta and absolutely fail 
because they put their whole life and their whole idea and their whole career or venture in the hands of a nigga that said they was gonna help them. Yeah. So don't think that niggas who look like you is your best friends. But uh, to dog point, yeah, like, yeah, um, I do think that the woman is important, the most important. However, facts, facts that don't that don't neglect the importance of the man. Absolutely not. And man. if the man ain't together, he's supposed to be the foundation. Yeah, like if he ain't together. That's like you got to fix that. Yeah, because um, your man need, he needs to want to be there. Yeah, and and that's again, man. Women, my girl has a a thing that she says, and I'm fucking. I'm probably about to butcher the quote, but it's something to the tune of like, women set the tone, men set the pace, something like that. Like, and um, I I I agree with it. And I think that's where again with this mean like the woman is going to sort of show you how she needs to be loved, how she needs to be relationshiped, and how you need to fuck with her. But as a man, you got to make sure that not only are you doing that, got to make sure you telling her how you need all that shit too, man. Like people talk a lot about love languages these days. Like that's a huge thing. Go read the book if you ain't did it. Go do the test if you ain't did it just to see what yours might be. Don't say that shit is 100% gold, but knowing yourself and figuring out your own love language, man, it's kind of, I saw a meme that I felt was kind of like, terrible advice it says something to the tune of stop trying to tell people your love language and find you a man and it, it was directed to ladies find you a man who knows it off rip and doesn't make you tell shut it shut the fuck up fam some of these women don't know they love language nigga how the fuck i'm supposed to know if she ain't able to vocalize that communication is key fam well let's be real like some of you ain't never been in love so how another do you, fact how do you know what your love language is i'm not talking about another lust fact. yeah yeah or a high version of yeah. like like <sighs> Yeah, yeah, that's a big fact. Cause man. I didn't fell in like with a whole bunch of people. Ah, nigga, I fell in like with so many motherfuckers, man. When you really sit back and think about it, like how many people have you actually been in love with? Man, if I, it's funny, as I was thinking about that today, uh, centered around some other shit I saw on the internet. From birth to right now, I've been in four, maybe five relationships total. That includes. High school, college, post, all that. In love, like to the death, out of them five, including my current one, maybe twice, maybe. Tw and I feel lucky for that. You know what I'm saying? Because I look back and I'd be like, even relationships that I was in that, you know, y'all say y'all love each other. Y'all been yeah, in for a long time. Yeah. And once the end, you go back and move to something different. Like, was I really Was that love? really love or was it lust? Or, or was, was that, it really intrigue? Was or was that, it was that dependency? Or is that or boredom? Like, we've been here so long. We gonna confirm like that right there is such a crutch that people lean on. The amount of time that you've been dealing with a person, man, whether y'all been in an official relationship or whether y'all just been fucking for twenty months, that don't mean shit at all. That don't mean shit. I didn't fell in love. I fell in love with my girl on the first date. Period. First time we ever went out, I already knew what it was. What's so funny? Because you mentioned something mm -hmm. of that nature. Like we mm -hmm. had a conversation that I don't know, maybe yeah. date two or three, Man. and like I knew what it was. You was pretty accurate, I, and and I knew what it was, and I knew where it was gonna go as long as we got over the humps that we needed to get over. Um, I knew the potential, and the first relationship I was ever in when I was eighteen, nineteen. I kind of that was probably the first time where I really learned the difference between being in a deep like and being in 
for real love. And yeah, I was young. So that love and the lessons I learned and all that had to be tweaked a little bit for sure. But mm, I kind of knew right away, man. And it's that's me. Yeah. I ain't saying that that's everybody and that's how everybody's situation going to go. But when you're, I'm sure of myself. So I know when. Listen, man. All my boxes are checked that are important to me. A lot of motherfuckers is trying to check boxes that somebody else told you you should have. Facts. Check what's important to you, nigga. I almost want to tell women, stop listening to your friends. But fam, your friend ain't you. Stop listening and stop listening to the online chat. Stop listening to the- Derek Jackson. Stop listening to fucking uh it's that nigga that cheated on Latoya Lucky. That bald head nigga, stop listening to him. Fucking all them idiot! Them all them niggas, social, Steve Harvey and them. All, like, come on, man. Hey, listen to me and Jay. <laughs> if y'all gonna listen to anybody, listen to some niggas that actually care about you. But um, what I will say is, you know how everybody be making a fun, making a joke about Erica Badu and yeah. what happens when she get with men and how they be so wrapped up. Niggas in go her crazy and, like and all that. that. Yeah, and they ask like, "What you what you do to these men?" And she was like, "I listen to them." <laughs> I remember when I first fucking read that. That shit turned me on a little bit. I ain't gonna lie, nigga. I mean, like sometimes, it, sometimes it's really that simple. Cause I mean, how many times you didn't heard a nigga be like, "Man, men is really basic. Like, I don't man. take much to make a nigga happy or whatever." Like, yo, so the, simple. The person that you with, the guy that you with, I I hope you know him and what he likes and want to just like. Why don't you just listen mm-hmm. to him? Because. It's one thing to be in a relationship with someone, right? And y'all having a conversation or y'all having like when you don't think this person is listening. Yeah. Like, did you did you hear what I told you the last time we had this conversation or the last time we had this yeah. argument or this discussion? Like you you literally don't understand. Like you're not listening. And if a nigga. If a man feels like you're not listening to what he's trying to tell you. Yeah, we might not know how to tell you in the most directive manners or we might not know how to tell you in a way you would prefer to hear it. But we gonna tell you regardless, and if we feel like you ain't listening when we told you, we ain't gonna keep telling you. We might sit and suffer in silence. Niggas might go cheat while they suffering in silence. Niggas might have, and I ain't. I'm not saying that that's cool, but I'm just saying these are the reasons why men maybe stop communicating because after a while, if we feel like yo, this ain't never about us, it's about you. To quote a great philosopher. Joseph Button. <laughs> and I stop mm-hmm. lying to you when you start believing me. Woo! Like, <laughs> uh, uh, that's a bar, dog. It's so that's it's such not, a fucking bar. It sounds so wild, man. But like, I would stop lying to you when you start believing me. Cause, fam, everything I'm telling you ain't bullshit. But like, what a lot of people, um, men and women, do this. I've noticed they come into relationships with their preconceived shit, right? Shit that they learned from their friends and that they heard from their family and that they heard from all these other people who probably the majority have only experienced bad, fucked up, negative relationships. So they tell you how not to be in a fucked up situation. So you come in and all your energy is around looking for the fuck up. Like, where's the fuck up at? I'm looking for the bad part. Where the bad part? Whole time you missing this good shit. Whole time you missing what he's trying to tell you about his life, nigga. I had a girl tell me something about the dude she was dating. Said that nigga parents had both got killed when he was little. His grandma died. Said his parents got killed when he was like six. Mm. Grandma died recently. And she was like, dog, don't really open up and talk to her. <laughs> I said, yo, that's about you? His, and she was like, he's so funny. He treats me nice. He's a gentleman. Da, da, da. But when he gets in a mood, he don't really talk to me. And I'm like, fam, you, how long y'all been dating? She told me two months. 
She said since August. Bitch, you a stranger. August. September, October. I don't, mean, I don't mean bitch. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that wasn't an aggressive bitch. That was a very, like, I want to help you, bitch. Like, you know, um, like, you a stranger. Finn, you the can't. Fact, the fact that you know that much is a motherfucking. In two months. Because if I didn't, if I didn't know you two months, I'm not telling you about the tragedy that mom. Yeah. Mother, I'm not going that route. Hey. You know what I'm saying? I may tell you about my grandma because it just happened. Yeah. Like, hey, stop calling me. I'm dealing, I'm with my family or Facts. Some shit like that. But like, that's a lot of information to share within two months. Fam, you ahead of the curve. Fam, I um I've I've mentioned this on the pod before, but I'm gonna bring it up again just to kind of weigh in a little bit more on tragic situations, dog. When I was twelve years old, I found my pops uh tried to commit suicide. I found my pops laying in a pool full of blood in the basement next to a bottle of liquor. I was 12. My pops was maybe a year removed from prison at that time, struggling with getting uh, reacclimated into non-prison life. This is a nigga who's been in prison most of his life, and he's struggling to fucking uh, learn this the ways of the, the modern world again, man. And uh, he ain't—he felt like he ain't fit in. Felt like he ain't had shit going on. Felt like he couldn't lead the streets alone. And do shit the normal way, man. And he was struggling. He was going through his own shit. Fortunately, the suicide did not work. Um, But found my pops in the basement. Had to, with the help of my mother, drag my pops up the basement steps. Take him out the back door so wouldn't nobody see. Put him in the car. She drove to Beaumont. I cleaned the blood up. Mm. And I went back outside and played with my friends like nothing happened. Because my mom said, don't say nothing. So I went outside and I did that. And I'm like... That's when I was 12. It wasn't until I was about 33 that I ever said them words out loud to anybody else. And I told uh, it happened to be one of my ex-girlfriends, my best friend. And I think that was it. Yeah, me, my ex and uh, my best friend was all chilling at his crib. And we was talking about another dude who um we all know. And he's like just a not cool nigga like I, i'm really not a fan of this dude right and she was like oh well he been through so much in life and you know he don't mean to be that way and i, and I was like fam here's why i got no no respect for that because guess what i've been through my nigga like nigga you ain't never cleaned up your pop's blood you don't know what the fuck i've, I've been, been through, through but i know something about you. you but i'm like you ain't never if you ain't ever did that and 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 been, and I'm like that ain't even the worst shit I've experienced in life uh to be honest but it's one of them things where thinking about my homegirl who told me all oh, dog parents got killed when he was 6 and his grandma died recently and he don't talk to me nigga it took me like 25 years to talk to a motherfucker let me ask you like he he functional fam like you find him attractive you find him like um personable man because those are the type of things that inf- impact people where they don't be personable man like he didn't let you in and told you that stuff like fam man. let me read something i found on the internet uh it said high functioning depression is a real thing check on your hilarious smiling positive inspirational boss ass friends i i read that and i was like fam, i've been that person i was a high functioning depressed nigga for the majority of my life but I ain't say a fucking word. You know what I'm saying? Because everybody don't know how to communicate what they really going through. And to maybe Dog's point, I ain't, I ain't speaking for him. I don't know, dude. But to maybe his point, everybody don't trust you with that information, dog. Right. Because listen, 
I hear how you talk about other people. Mm-hmm. I hear the information that you share while you're on the phone when you're Facts. talking to your friend. Facts. I don't trust you because of what you've shown me. Facts. Not directly towards me, but if I see how loosely you are with the information of others, no, I do not want to give you information. Man, because I don't trust you because of how I see you treating other people you tell me you care about. I tell you what's a turn off. When you sit there and watch your lady have a conversation doing all that all the other shit on the phone hang up call somebody else and have that exact same conversation like you just gonna sit here and gossip that's what you're gonna do spreading that shit like what's spreading the fuck is, that shit this shit is a turn off hey i'm gone and what I'm you doing it you. for what you doing it for where you going with it like what's the purpose you feel me like nigga that information that you sharing one you don't know if it's true or not two that's some personal shit man yeah i don't respect you and and that's the sort of thing that again men watch the same way we might not be communicating our feelings or we might be a little silent about what we got going on internal, we also being silent about how we feel about some of the shit you doing. Fact, and we you, see you doing it, but you thinking just because we ain't saying nothing that we think it's cool. You think you still the apple in my eye. Like yeah. You still think you got 100 points. But really, I you mean, turning me off. City girls uh, losing right now. I don't want to hear you talk about all your motherfucking I, I friends. Tell, I, used to, I used to tell my ex this shit, right? And I was halfway joking, mm-hmm. but halfway I was dead ass yeah, serious. Yeah. Every time I walk in the house and see you watching Love and Hip Hop or one of these yeah. shows, I'd be like, you know, I think less of you every time I would see you watching this shit, right? <sighs> and like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So my that's man, like a, now granted, I w- it was like I was joking, yeah, but like that mixed with a bunch of other shit, like, like fam. Yeah. My man Mike, shout out to my bro Mike. His mom calls that facking but cracking. <laughs> what you cracking jokes but you really speaking oh, facts gotcha, facting gotcha. but cracking gotcha. you telling us some, and you kind of wanted to get the joke but you also kind of wanted to grab that little jewel you dropped in there like yo yeah I'm kidding I don't really think less of you but one show is one show but nigga hey, you got six hours worth of this shit to fill your mind with something else man fill your mind with something else dog I wrote on Facebook uh, a while ago like Yo, I'm immediately turned off if I come over a chick crib and I don't see no books. Mm. That's just me. That's just me. Like, I don't want to... You can't just sit down and, and watch reality TV or be on the gram all day and that consumes your whole world. Nigga, when the last time you read? What's the last book you read? Enlighten me, nigga. Like, women think they're the only ones that want to be taught some, or they're the only ones that want to be enlightened. No, fam. I need to be turned on. I don't give a fuck about your ass or your titties or how good the pussy is. Well, I do care about those. Yeah, but no, all that know. matters. <laughs> all that matters. But <laughs> those is short-term matters. You know what I'm saying? Like, when I'm talking about long-term and I'm talking about building with you, you got to enlighten more than my dick. You got to hit me with something else, nigga. Like, make my mother, make me think hard, nigga. Don't make my dick hard only, nigga. Like, make me actually think about some of the conversations that we had. When I get back in the car after I leave with you, make me remember something that you had. Like, damn, make me make me go to Google and be like, yo, I need to read up on that. I ain't never even heard of that shit. Like, teach me something, nigga. Y'all ain't the only ones that want to learn? God damn, nigga. Like, women think they're the only ones that got to be intrigued sometimes. Like, you, no, uh, fam. Did you get a chance to watch the interview between Charlemagne and Gucci? I looked at the majority of it. Uh, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I man. enjoyed the fuck out of that. I enjoyed it. And that I, was great. I enjoyed how he talked about his wife, man. Yep. 
He and love how, his wife. You got to revere her. Man. Revere your motherfucking girl. If you with her, revere her. And Gucci reveres that woman. Shout out to what? Keisha Cure? Yeah. Yeah, man. Shout out to her. And she fine as fuck. So fuck it, nigga. And so it's been a, speaking of that, we go back to the interview in a second, but while I'm thinking of it, um, it's been a meme going around that shows them at the wedding, Gucci and Keisha. They talked about that. Yeah, yeah. And it's talking about how she, you know, to get the Gucci she got now, she was around when he went to jail and she was around when he sold dope and when he killed a nigga and when she, when he was this and when he was at the strip club. And now that nigga good and she reaping the benefits and she held them down. Fam, that's the story. That ain't saying that all y'all got to go out here and hold a nigga down through the fucking trenches. But what it is saying is that whatever they did is for them. You need to do what's for you. You don't need to necessarily go out here and hold a nigga down through thick and thin. But stop promoting because women do this. Niggas don't do this. Gucci ain't do this shit. Stop promoting that whole down ass chick shit. That loyalty shit. I've said it a million times. The word loyalty is probably the single most uh fucking abusive word ever used among black women nigga they, he, he spoke about that specifically yeah. when Charlemagne asked him he was like man more than anything like i'm just so grateful and thankful that she would like forgave me yeah and allow me and and it, it didn't stop with that's her. so key and it didn't stop with yeah. her he was like listen man i was addicted to lean I didn't literally, I didn't realize literally. I was until I was in the in the in the in the prison, yeah. like physically having convulsions yeah. or whatever. And like I blew up so many friends. She's like, only reason I have friends now is because they allowed me to apologize to them. Yeah. Because I know I said things that I shouldn't have said. I was rude. I just I was not in my right mind. And I'm so thankful yeah. that people allowed me to apologize. He talked about Walkie. He talked about uh uh OJ, the juice man, not <laughs> <laughs> somebody tagged me on the it was literally a little I, clip where that nigga said yeah man me and oj you know we talked and somebody tagged me and literally they only shit they said it was my name and then they said is he talking about simpson oh and i God. said bitch i <laughs> talking about oj the juice man nigga, but break, uh I, talking about that man like you said is deeper than just his relationship like what he what he, he said, said that like all he said i didn't write that shit yeah i reposted it because i the overall message i kind of i'm like mm -hmm. that's cool but like that, all that shit didn't happen yeah. it wasn't in that order yeah but like i still fuck with it and because ultimately what he said was probably the realest part of it i'm glad they forgave me it ain't about I'm glad they stuck around. I'm glad they was loyal. I'm glad they was too thick and thin. No, they forgave. I'm admitting I was a fuck up, nigga. Allow me to apologize. Fam. And the best apology is change behavior. Fam. So. And that's the fucked up part, too. When you are, because I agree with people who have been detractors of that meme and who have said, yo, this is like toxic behavior and why are we promoting this? 100% that shit is toxic. That way of thinking is toxic. But guess what? Your one of your best friends do all that shit. You still friends with him. One of your best friends does that shit and you support it. One of your best friends does that shit and you pick her up when that nigga kick her out the house. One of your best friends does that shit and you give her the five hundred when she ain't got the rest of that nigga bail. One of your best friends do that shit and you go watch the kids while they arguing. Like I mean, nigga, like, one of your friends is just a fucked up person and you still friends with them. So like in the relationship Fam. status of male and female in, in doing a relationship, it's like, no, you shouldn't have to put up with that. Yeah. But you actually have comrades, male and female, who are just toxic and bad people, but you're still friends with them. Let's take it a step further. One of your friends is Gucci. 
in the meme, one of your friends is doing all that shit that Gucci did that he wishes or that he's thankful that people gave him the chance to apologize for. One of your friends is doing that and you've never told him, don't be Gucci then, be Gucci now. You've never told her, don't be Gucci then, be Gucci now. One of your friends is Gucci and you right there saying, that's my best friend. You do also, well, it would be nice if you allow people to grow. Facts. Because Malcolm X was not always Malcolm X. <sighs> Somebody wrote a meme that I've I've seen. I've actually reposted it in my story before, but it says something like, uh, if Malcolm X and Maya Angelou died when they were 20, she would have died a prostitute, and he would have died Detroit Red. Fam. Folks got to grow. Yeah. Folks got to grow. You can't base everything you ever had an opinion on about a person on how they used to act. How they treated you when you dealt with them. Because X amount of years or situations, because time ain't the only thing that changes, motherfucker. Sometimes it takes one situation. And it can change overnight. Experience, man. Experience to get you through some shit, dog. Experience to take. Niggas, all oh, people can't change overnight. Yes, the fuck they can. Humans, man, when you reach the precipice of something, man, that's all it takes sometimes. And in this particular case, it's Gucci was yeah. I'm facing 20 years. Fam. And I prayed to God for another chance. And he gave me three. And they said, I'll use this as the opportunity to do that. Man. So it could be when you fuck up so bad and your wife say, I'm about to leave you and take the kids. And that was the moment. It's unfortunate that that's man. what it is. But that's how humans work. Humans going to fuck up the earth until the point where they say, look, if one more nigga throw one more piece of trash in the can, this whole bitch going to blow the fuck up. Yep. Like. It does that. You know what I'm saying? Like, we go to the brink of extinction until you fix some shit. There's another meme, man. We do a whole episode about memes that I have opinions on. There's one that says something to the tune of, uh, I wish black women, something like, I wish black women weren't taught that they had to, like, suffer to experience love or some shit. Like, suffer first. To then experience love Like basically like You ain't gotta be The down ass Loyal ass chick And go through hell To finally experience love Something like that I don't remember the I, exact words i like that I, But my thing about I agree with that I wish that more black women Would just like Be able to get in a good relationship And only experience that I don't know how I feel about that Here's my thing though That's not exclusive To black women Cause a lot of men We suffer Outside of relationships Well before we actually Get in one Like Again, niggas' parents is killed. Niggas go through shit. Niggas are abused. Niggas are, nigga. How many times have we heard in the last three years that males were sexually abused when they was kids and didn't talk about it? Like we go through a lot of shit, and then we finally try to fucking find love. But in the meantime, you've read the Four Agreements. Yep, I just read it again last week. Okay, from time to time, I go back over it. Right? Yeah, as you should. That's an agreement that you make. Mm-hmm. That's an agreement that you learned. We got a lot of listeners who sororities and, and, and fraternities. Yeah. Don't they put you through something before you can join into it? Like, it's the same shit every time. It's always an initiation process, mm-hmm. right? And you go through this and you make an agreement with yourself that this is how it's going to do. We can go through our little hell week and then we're going to be accepted. Mm-hmm. Shit, if you believe in God or in the Christianity, you got to go through all this hell. And then in the afterlife, you get your presence. You yeah. know, you get your 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 streets of gold and everything like that. You won't yeah. even accept it here. I mean, Nation of Islam been trying to tell you to get your get your cake and eat it too while you're here on earth, but say, no, we're not gonna get our 
our promises in, into the afterlife. Like we make these agreements and we we feel that that is the process. So I'm not surprised why some people feel they got to go through all this tragedy before they get a good man because you made them silent agreements with yourself a long time ago yeah. from a childhood. Oh, we got to go through, we got to study real hard and then we we ace the test. We got to do all this tough shit, then we break through and then we are we are let in. Like y'all make man. them agreements and think that's how things go. It's not surprising to me that people man. believe that's the way that you got to go because in everything that you do, even in your faith, you believe that you don't, you don't got no heaven on earth. Your heaven, your your praise is gonna come in the afterlife. Mm. Why can't you can't have it here too? And my my thing with regards to that meme, and really kind of comparing it to other memes that talk about, yo, well, um, uh, you gotta go through something to have a breakthrough, or you gotta go through something to get to something. You can't post that and then post the other meme and not believe that those two they send kind of opposite opposite shit so it's like well, who do you believe in you know what i'm saying like and and as far as women go specifically black women specifically no y'all don't have to suffer in a relationship to finally experience true love but pay attention to who's causing that suffering because at a certain point accountability is 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 necessary for you to get out of the hell that you're going through men and women yeah because everybody on this planet men and women that's a fact everybody on this planet is born into a relative hell we all experience a relative hell at some point in our lives it ain't a nigga on this planet rich or poor black or white who done been through a perfect life that's just a fact so what i go through in my life whether it's within the confines of my relationship with a woman or not doesn't mean that i'm not going through shit dog like I can go through my own shit, but again, at a certain point for me to get out of the hell that I'm going through, I have to be accountable for why I'm still here in the first place, nigga. And if you ain't got that accountability, it's probably going to take a lot longer for you to finally be able to experience the the heaven that you're trying to experience, nigga. And ultimately, you know what ended up happening is like, so when you're younger, as a man, your mama be like, that girl ain't no good for you. Uh-huh. Don't this type of girl ain't no good for you, da, da, da. but what you do, you go look for, you go through all that shit, yeah. and then you ultimately end up marrying man. the girl that be like, I can't believe he ended up with her, man, because you ain't listening, man. For women, like you know, you shouldn't be messing with some of these niggas, yeah, and you're gonna go through all that shit until one day you bump your fucking head and see man. what you really supposed to be doing. But like, and that's the thing, man. A lot of motherfuckers are lucky enough to run into the person they're gonna spend the rest of their life with right off the bat. But a lot of motherfuckers ain't. And a lot of motherfuckers got to bump their head to realize they're going the wrong direction. But guess what? Even when you find the motherfuckers right off the bat, that means that you and the other person going to put each other through hell until y'all meet to later. Because y'all not perfect people. Y'all children. Y'all got to grow together. And again, to that point, man, just to kind of to bring it back to uh, to real life situations and kind of to the Gucci uh, and Keisha thing, nigga, if... My mom, my parents been together since they was in the fourth grade. These mm. niggas have been together since the early 70s, late 60s, sometime in that era. If my mom stopped dealing with my dad at any of the points that he was being a fuck nigga, nigga, my, I, I wouldn't be here. Because my dad was a fuck nigga for like the majority of their life, man. He did all the dirt and it wasn't just, oh, with other women. It was like, no, he put his family in a lot of dangerous fucking situations being a street nigga that he was man but uh when my pop saw it took for my dad to almost die 
in a car accident. My dad has almost died three times. The last time was the last time, though. He almost died in a car accident. My dad was in a coma for three months. Uh, my mom was there every second of the fucking way. My dad, this was in 98. My dad still rehabs to this day. My dad will never walk again. He'll never, t or never walk the way that he used to walk. Yeah. He'll never talk the way he used to talk. My dad has a million and one doctor's appointments every week. But he here and he alive and my mom does a lot of shit. And yeah, she get tired and she get frustrated and she has her moments. But her husband today is a way better man than her husband 34 years ago, 35 years ago. And she never would have seen that if she had given up on what she knew, which was that their relationship, even through the hell, was an ordained relationship. God saved their relationship. But you got to sometimes God got to lead you. And a lot of y'all niggas ain't being led by God, and that's your problem. You being led by your lust, you being led by your feelings, you being led by your dick, by your pussy, by your whatever, and you letting shit walk you in a direction you don't need to go. You being led by the opinions of others. <laughs> How you letting a motherfucking not in your relationship tell you what to do with it? What's dope about this Gucci interview, man, when he was like, listen, man, and he said it, even in the Bible it says this thing, but he said it in his own way. He was like mm -hmm. a man that finds a good woman, finds a good thing, or finds a wife, finds a good mm -hmm. thing. He said that damn near verbatim, but yeah. in regular words. Yeah. And I don't think he was trying to quote the Bible. Yeah, but he just he, said it. He said it yeah. like that. And he was like, man, you look at all the people who end up getting divorced when they and their wife left them, how bad they fell off. Like, yeah. you need that person behind yeah. you. You know what I'm saying? So that's one of these things where, like, at some point, everybody got to grow up and realize that the man, you should be looking for the woman, and woman should be looking for the man. It shouldn't be like this game of cat and mouse yeah, and yeah. all these games. Like you, like your body was designed to be with another person. It was yeah. literally designed to fit inside another person. Yin and yang. So like, I don't know. I don't get with all the games and all the shit that you go back and forth with. Like man, this. I um I read something else online. One of these groups I'm in on uh on Facebook that I thought was interesting. This just a little fun to lighten the mood. Shout out to Gucci. Shout out to Charlamagne. I thought that was a good interview. Did you read uh, Envy's post? He no. replied. Hold on. Let me read that real quick before we jump topics. Because you may. <laughs> so uh, if you all watch that interview, then you all know that um, Gucci also made a reference to his beef with Angela Yee and DJ Envy and that two thirds of the Breakfast Club. And um he said that when he see Envy, he going to slap shit out of him. So Envy, he replied, he posted on uh, Instagram a picture of him and his dog. Because he kept uh, saying, which, Yeah, <laughs> which Gucci kept making reference to. So Envy said, me and my dog. Well, he said, see the guy gave me a heads up when this interview was done, and I told him to play it. This isn't the first time I've been threatened by an artist and probably won't be the last. I've never been slapped or snuffed or jumped before, so not sure where that came from, but funny by all means. At LaFleur1017 was never banned from the Breakfast Club. When asked, would I do an interview without ye, my reply was, I won't do anything unless you clear it with my coworker. We call that riding for your team, where I'm from. And he's upset because my coworker defended herself. Never in a million years will I tell my co-host what to say or what not to say. We share that same platform. When Gucci did that post about ye, she defended herself on The Breakfast Club, and he's mad because I let her do it. I have never ran from a conversation in my life. My kids are good. My wife is great. And my dog is excellent. Anyway, I heard some lies and wanted to address it. Back to enjoying Paris. Peace. So that was, I don't like internet responses 
Like, granted, he said some shit in an interview, but like, clearly you can get and in touch with me. The last four man. minutes of that interview turned up. I wasn't <laughs> expecting that shit at all. I enjoyed all of it. <laughs> I didn't expect that shit. At I enjoyed all. all of it. It turned into my type of shit. Yeah. Um, but. At least Envy ain't back down or get on the whole shit or whatever. He said what he said again. I didn't. Um, I'm not a fan of the internet reply, but fuck it. He said what he said. But look, if y'all haven't watched that Gucci interview, go watch that shit. It was enlightening. Gucci is still Gucci. Last thing on it, dog. How you feel? I don't like people. And it was a joke at first, but people are still doing it now. It's kind of turned up a little bit. People calling him a clone. I don't. I don't like that, dog. I don't like that. A man, a black man, bettering himself, getting healthier, not just physically, but mentally and spiritually healthier, has to be a clone. Because he, oh, no, that ain't the Gucci I know, nigga. That ain't LaFleur. I know. I think that shit wild. Uh, though I do think niggas can get cloned. Uh, I don't think not like not mm-hmm. this shit. Not mm-hmm. not like come on. Let's just yeah. that's not real. Fam, y'all think with all them niggas that the government could clone, y'all think they clone Gucci? But I will say there was one picture that they did a side by side and this nigga ears look different than the motherfucker. <laughs> I, I, don't know, I don't know what happened if you lose weight, your ears change shape. I was like they got different. The ears look a little different, but other than that, man, you know, uh, yeah, man. I, I just, I don't like that notion, bro. Like that shit kind of makes me annoyed because it's like, fam, let that man again give change. niggas room to grow, bro. Um, something else I read on the internet that I thought was interesting. Uh, somebody on Facebook wrote, "As an introvert, I really love my own space, and I didn't realize it before, but maybe I also love control." I've been divorced since 2010, and because I felt I never had a true marriage experience, I wanted to try it again. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You got divorced? Since 2010, and never felt like they had a true marriage experience. Oh, okay. I wanted to try it again, but for the last six months or so, I've been wrestling with the idea that maybe I don't want to be married again or even live with anyone. I do want a deep, monogamous, loving relationship that lasts forever. But I want to ask, what do you think about having a commitment where it's monogamous and it's loving and it lasts forever, but you don't live with one another? Because, again, I do enjoy my own space. And this was written by a woman, FYI, because a lot of that sounded like some nigga shit. But this was written by a woman. So uh, a couple of things. Um, I think that's so I just so, let me see if I can show you this shit. Uh, I sent it to somebody. Yeah. And, and they loved it. They loved this idea. Um, and I'm not opposed to this idea either, to be perfectly honest. As soon as I show it to you, you'll see what I'm talking about. Um, this the it was a home, mm-hmm. and the houses were like connected though, like it was two houses, and then there was like a thing mm-hmm. in the middle. So like I seen that, I uh, seen that. Like so niggas, you know, <laughs> still be there. But listen, um, I find it weird. When people say, I'm looking to get married, I'm looking for this such and such and such and such, I just be looking for a particular person and I want to b- build a bond with that person. And what comes from that person is what comes from that person. But yeah. if I go through it with the already preconceived notion, it's like I got a checklist now. All right, now that I met this person, in two years, we're going to be here. And then Three and a half years, like Man. I just want I want to bond with the person. Yeah. And whatever comes afterwards comes afterwards. So I'm not looking for the wedding. I'm not looking for 
the what I'm looking for the connection with the yeah. person, and then whatever comes after that comes after. Yeah, that. I um I I look at situations like this and say do what works for the both of you, right? Um, if you're in a situation where you living separately, however that looks, whether it's an attached house where y'all kind of both live on both ends of the crib and fuck in the middle, or whether y'all are together but never actually officially married again and whatever, whatever that looks like, just make sure it's something that works for the both of you. Both. Um, and that's the thing. I got an aunt and uncle who have slept in separate bedrooms my entire life. I'm 35. They have never in their life slept in the same bedroom since I've been born. They living just fine. <laughs> that works for them. He comes in. My uncle works late. He's in a motorcycle club. He's like heavily active in that nigga come in late at night. He like, yo, what I look like going upstairs, ruining her sleep, crawling in the bed. She a nurse. She got to get up early, go deal with all these patients. Da, da, da. He like fam. It works for me to come in through the garage, go in the basement and sleep in my room that I set up downstairs for my aunt. She like, yo, I already got to get up at fucking 4 a.m. and cook this nigga breakfast and right. do all this. She like, I don't want this nigga walking in at 3.30 and ruining my last half hour. Like, that works for the two of them. But if it was a situation where my uncle was just like, shit, nigga, I'm coming from my motorcycle club and work and I'm going to sleep downstairs. Nigga, fuck out of here. She might be like, I seen when uh when Jenny posted this shit. I wouldn't be opposed to this house. Yeah. I ain't mad at the crib. I'm just saying if it worked for both of y'all, do like, it. We got a common area. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, I mean, clearly we can go wherever the fuck we want. And yeah, in the house. Yeah. As long as they know. But like, you know, man. we got our own. And that's here's my thing, man. In any relationship, again, the amount of separation is going to be per couple, nigga. That is relative to the relationship you in. But... Space is necessary. You can't be all up under a motherfucker all day, every day. Or maybe you can, but make sure that you're doing it with the motherfucker who wants you all up under them all day, every day. Most relationships, a little space can be healthy. I ain't saying move. I ain't saying get a house that got two separate fucking master bedrooms in it. I ain't saying don't live together ever in your life or never get married. I ain't saying do, do what works for you, but... Space ain't a bad thing, man. It's not. And everybody need a little bit of privacy. Everybody need a little privacy. And everybody need room to reset, man. Sometimes, dog, no matter what, and, you know, people may not want to admit it, but when you're in a relationship, dog, a lot of that shit, your relationship should be about the other person. Like, your your efforts should be about the other person. Like, obviously, it should be about you, too. But that if that's their real, effort. It's a real like so. I'm gonna focus on you, then you and you focus, focus on, on me, and we balance. We balance, each, nigga. We always balance each other out, and that's that's what your relationship be. But them focusing on you and you focusing on them. That's also how submission works. Hmm. One submits to the other, the other submit. Like it's not a one way street. But no, nah, you say a woman submit to a man, and they finna go crazy. But. All that to say, man, make sure that the relationship you in, you're doing what works for y'all. But if you need space, say it. If you need a little room, say it. And if you never want to get married again to the person that wrote that, I don't know if you listen to the podcast or not, but if you never want to really get married or live with a person again, tell niggas that up front. Don't like fall in love and then like spring that on a nigga when he proposed and then you like, oh, nah, I wasn't really trying to do that again. I've seen that happen. Uh, one of my homeboys was married then divorced and fell in love with this girl thought she was great like he never i i know this nigga well enough to know 
he really was in love, but he ain't want to get married again. He just said, I see no benefit to it. Like, it ain't really for me. Like, that shit put me through hell, both personally and financially. And he was like, I never want to do that again. And him and old girl lived together. Like, the new chick that he was with, nigga told her he never planned on getting, because she asked him straight up, like, what are we doing? We've been. I think they was together maybe a couple years. We living. We uh, we're literally living our life. But we living and we happy and we we going to together. I I don't know if he ever told her directly that he before that convo that he never wanted to get married again. But when she asked him, they had that convo and I think she sat on it for a few weeks and then they ended up moving apart, breaking up, did all that, and it was fucked up. That shit wild to me though. Hey, like like in real life, all the things that you can want in a mate. If you put them down on a piece of paper and you 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 checking off every single thing, you mean to tell me that some paperwork filed at the, with the county bill, nigga? I marry people. in a ring. I marry people, like Facts. me personally. I perform weddings. You mean to tell me my signature on a piece of paper validates y'all union yeah. under God? Yeah. God don't give a fuck about me. Well, not that he don't give a yeah. fuck about me, hey. but like like in the real life, you have what you're yeah. looking for. Like so, yeah. what you, what you're trying to do is, and I never been. I almost think any like, living human with the internet can go get ordained. Like That's I really think it's like I would to a certain extent, like when you get married, it's like, oh now you can't go nowhere. I don't yeah. want nobody with me who And now you can't leave. I don't want nobody with me who's only with me because there'll be a financial burden if we went apart. Mm. I want you to have the ability to walk away because I now I know you're here because you want to be here and not because Man, how are we gonna split up this fucking house? How are we gonna do all these keys? Like, I don't. That's yeah. Yeah. I don't mind with being with somebody forever and the whole nine, the monogamous, the whole, the whole everything. But like, don't try to you. You so you say we gonna do this so we can make it difficult if things yeah. don't work out. Like that's not how I want us to be together because it is gonna cause us pain to go away. Yeah. I want you to be here because you want to be here. And my thing, man. Like when my man, I remember when he broke up with old girl. And they uh they moved out their apartment and shit. Like he was re fucked up. Like he probably was more fucked up then than I remembered him being when he got divorced. But I think in the divorce, like he suffered longer because they were married. Within this one, like they was like popping in the relationship until she revealed, yo, I want to know, like, are we on that path? Because we've been together for about like a couple years, including the time that we dated and wasn't official. Like, where are we going, nigga? When he he kept it real with her, I will give him that. Like, he ain't just bend and say, "Yo, I'll marry you," because that's the thing too. I'm like, what did she expect after that conversation? Like, was he supposed to be like, "Well, I never plan on getting married again," but if it'll keep you here, then fuck it, I'll marry you. Like, that see, ain't romantic. Listen, I could see if marriage was forever, nigga. We can end the marriage whenever the fuck we want to. Yeah. It don't like you know what I'm saying. Yeah, that ain't a guarantee just because you married that. So what? What exactly? Well, that's a commitment. Like nigga, if yeah. I have a baby with you, that's my commitment. Yeah, I create life with you. We in this shit forever. Yeah, man. Um, you know how that go. Facts. Hey, man, stop having babies with people y'all don't like. I just want to throw that out there, man. Stop fucking raw with strangers. <laughs> oh my god. Y'all gonna catch everything, nigga. <laughs> Fucking, uh, I just was laughing a minute ago. It was the quarterback for the Jets, Sam Darnold, had mono, and that nigga didn't play for like the last three weeks. So tonight, well, last week was his first game back in like three that weeks. Shit shit. Oh, nigga's still getting mono, dog. Ain't that the kissing disease? Yeah. I had that shit in sixth grade, bro. 
I ain't like it. Who that nigga was? So, like, when uh, Monday Night Football started and shit, Dog was running out the tunnel, and the announcer was like, Sam Darnold back from uh, Mono. <laughs> and I was like, yo. Mono nucleosis out here, dog. So, yeah, stop kissing uh, random niggas in the mouth. Um, stop having raw sex with strangers. Uh, only have raw sex with people you know. Um uh, stop having babies with people don't who don't like you. Stop getting married to people stop, who broke up with you. Stop throwing forty thousand dollar parties. <laughs> Fan, <laughs> my God! And then I ain't gonna get into that convo because I know my girl gonna listen to it and she already know my thoughts on um, large lavish weddings. But I'm like, damn, they just, just ain't necessary. Like, damn, dog. we just bought a crib. Oh, I'm sorry. No, we bought we bought a we bought a party, <laughs> fam. I feel like the higher the marriage, the wedding cost, the more likely y'all getting divorced. Because I'm starting with an attitude. I'm seeing a lot of fucking people go through that, man. But God also, bless you. Uh, if you don't go to the same church home that you went to when you was a kid, you're not getting no wedding gifts. Uh, you're not recouping. It's not gonna happen. Yeah, like when you was a oh that's such a stuff from church. Oh yeah, you gonna get wedding gifts. You gonna get no. It, it when all your friends is twenty two to twenty four years old, you're not getting. You're not recouping. Oh um, you're not recouping. Hell no, you're not recouping. <laughs> like it's over. Uh, unless it's good fellas and we in the mob. I'm not handing you a stack of cash at your wedding. So stop asking for money when you get married. Um, I I really don't like that. Like when people in lieu of gifts we will accept cash i get it i hear your hustle but you're not gonna uh um go fund me at your wedding bro <laughs> like sorry like you shouldn't have paid for this motherfucker if you wanted your money back nigga nigga this wedding's gonna be a hot item ticket starting at four <laughs> you gonna get this blender nigga <laughs> watch when i come through with this ninja <laughs> nigga take like, that like we've been living together for 10 years we got everything we need hey you need your blender <laughs> Damn, my homegirl hit me with that shit one time uh like, well, you know, me and him been together and we been living together. They was literally living together for like six years. So, you know, when you come, cause I was living in Atlanta, so I was traveling and I'm like, man, what should I order you? I ain't seen no registry. She like, oh, well, we've been living together. So if you want, you could just bring money or a gift card. So I said, okay, well, I ain't bringing shit. <laughs> like, sorry. <laughs> and they divorced now. So thank you, nigga. My money would have been wasted. Um, so yeah, man, stop, uh, throwing $40,000 parties. Like Jay said, uh, with the same uh, stream beans, man. chicken or steak, and mashed potato. <laughs> like. Yo, shout out to my man, uh, TK. Shout out to his beautiful bride, Sydney. I was just in their wedding over the weekend. I had a drunk-ass ball. Nigga, this might have been the first wedding I've ever been to. That food was so good, I got a second plate. Mm. I, I went and begged the niggas, like, yo, I was like, I know everybody didn't show up. Do y'all have, like, an extra plate of anything? They was like, did you have salmon or beef? I was like, it don't matter, nigga. Like, that food was good as fuck. And it saved me from throwing up because I was drunk as shit. Um, but, yeah, that was some good-ass food. Uh, and shout-out to them, man. Love you, bro. God bless y'all. That was a great wedding. Uh, What else, man? I feel like I had another little gym. Stop having babies before you can help them with their math. Y'all niggas don't never have no kids. There's a lot of <laughs> <laughs> niggas ain't never having no babies. Math is different now. There's no more K to one. Math. 
You're not carrying them. They got this common core shit. Nigga, I'm looking for long division now. Like, where it go? They putting shit in boxes and shit. Like, nigga, it's I'm, not it's not math no more. I miss X. Nigga, I just want to solve for X, nigga. nigga. solve for X? No. Nigga, Damn. solve for the alphabet. Nigga. No, I seen some shit. Them niggas had X was squared. I said, wait, you put X up at the top, nigga, next to the... No, bro. Um, I think that was anything I had, bro. Hey, man, we just wanted to come kick it with y'all. Oh, let's get into it real quick, man. We got Power Episode 9 coming up uh, next or this coming Sunday. Um, Can you pull a preview up just to see that little, like, short 20 seconds? Oh, the preview. Yeah, yeah, like the preview for this episode or whatever. Um, Yeah, I will. Little trailer or whatever, because we, we told y'all last week we was going to get y'all that, so we at least want to discuss what we think based on the trailer might happen in the next episode and uh, probably give y'all a couple predictions just for the end of the season period because we only got two more left before the midseason finale. So keep that in mind. There are two episodes left, and then it's going on break till January so, all right. Uh, All right, hang on. Also, man, pull up that um that description that was in the group. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out to really uh, shout to the homie Shay Jones, man. She really be uh. All right, here we go. Tommy, look, man, it's all gonna be over soon. Yeah, it is. Lakeisha agreed to testify against you. She wasn't gonna say shit against me. That was my girl to the end. I need a silent partner. Emphasis on the silent. Time after time, you've covered for James. Did he do the same for you? You've been watched. You're every move. I know who you are, James. I should have called you Ghost. Alright. So a few things off that. Why? First off, right at the end. Why Tate act like he you just found out this nigga named Tate, Ghost? All the shit you have talked about this nigga James. And it just hit you that he ghost? Didn't he say ghost before? I feel like he's already revealed this. Look, Courtney, we already shouted you out. Uh, so clearly, you know, we love you and we fuck with you. But y'all not going to play me, nigga. I feel like Tate been revealed that he knew who the fuck James was, nigga. And then like, so what you about to say, nigga? And, and what what kind of evidence you got, bitch? I sell drugs. I will kill you. Okay, now you know who I am. Which should let you, in the words of my nigga Cedric, should let you further know... That, you, that I'm not the nigga to be fucked with. Like, relax, bro. Before I knock your motherfucking head off your shoulders, nigga. Like, nigga, I gave you the gun that you shot with. Fam, and I got another one right now in my back pocket, nigga. Nigga, didn't you catch me shooting at a nigga? N- nigga! Like, your man's caught me lighting Tommy ass up. Fam, I literally made you kill your man who you used to work with and you ain't even know. After I made your man rob you, I made you kill him. Like, come on, bro. Come on, bro. I'm not to be fucked with. I'm ghost, nigga. Now that you know me, and you know what they better not do. I swear if they do this, dog, I might have, we ain't even reviewing episode 10 if they do this. If they bring back up that nigga that he had following Ghost. You know he's coming back. From now. the motherfucking uh, press conference six episodes ago, bro. And, and for, for whatever reason. They didn't have like FBI, CIA, drug niggas following them. But some regular ass nigga in a Ford Tempo yep. can't be the nigga who been hiding in the shadows that you can't see. He gonna be the one. He gonna be the one. I bet you if he come back, I ain't reviewing episode 10, nigga. I bet a dollar. Alright, so uh, the homie Shay Jones posted this in the Facebook group. This is the description for episode 9 which wasn't available till a few days ago. It says 
As Ghost and Tommy move forward with their plan to kill Jason, Tommy enacts a plan of his own. Dre uses a cleverly devised ruse to force Tommy's organization to rebel against him. Tommy gets his comeuppance when he is faced with battling for his life against the kin of one of his past victims. So, let's kind of just go sentence by sentence, nigga. Alright, Ghost and Tommy move forward with their plan to kill Jason. Tommy enacts a plan of his own. He's going to try to kill Ghost. Of course. We've already said on here, I said, this is me, I'm Ant, hey guys, I said that Ghost is going to die. I think, so, in this episode, little trailer, yeah. he was like, it, like, let's Tommy is it's almost over. Like, yes, it is. Yeah, over. Ghost. That's his, I'm, all, I'm about to kill you. Now, shout out to the homie Lou Morningstar uh, for tagging me in this. <laughs> Nigga was like, Tommy gonna run up on Ghost, like, you kill my girl? Nigga's gonna be like, <laughs> come on, Tommy. <laughs> come on, Tommy, man, think. <laughs> you know what's my favorite shit that Ghost say, bro? And he just said it like 12 times this episode <laughs> or this year. And that nigga be like, fuck. <laughs> Remember he, he started that shit uh, after Raina died. And dog. It was like Caesar from hey. uh, King of the Apes and shit. Up, dog. Right? That nigga hit you with that. Fuck. But he gonna hit him with Come on, Tommy, man. Think. Why would I kill Why would I kill Keisha? Why would I kill Keisha? Look at my motherfucking coat. Come on, man. Tommy, think. Come on, Tommy, think. Fuck. So that's what I took from that first sentence. Uh, second sentence, Dre uses a cleverly devised ruse to force Tommy's organization to rebel against him. First and foremost, nigga, ain't I no know what organization. You <laughs> it's two niggas. Who is this niggas? Fam, and they don't even work for you. It's two bit in spank because BG took a bullet to the dome. Fam, and how the fuck are y'all? Do Tommy even know that BG took a bullet to the dome? And guess who we took a bullet from? Dre. So what the fuck can Dre say to them two niggas? Well, he going to say that Tommy came in and killed him? Man. Um, but it seemed like they can just call Tommy like, hey, you killed BG? But here's my thing, though. Tommy told y'all to take the nigga Dre over there. Like, I don't get how that would have made sense. You know what I'm saying? Like, if Dre, if y'all left Dre with BG and then BG get found dead and Dre is missing... I don't see how Dre could confuse y'all and make y'all think Tommy did that shit. So I don't really, Dre hasn't seemed smart in a long time. So I don't really know what he might be able to come up with to get the rest of the crew to believe that Tommy's like not cool. Especially when the only reason they even kidnapped Dre was to try to get back with Tommy. They don't have no fucking plug. So I don't really get what they going to do, man. But uh, the other part of that, and this is probably my favorite part. Tommy gets his comeuppance when he's faced with battling for his life against the kin of one of his past victims. Tommy might die, fam. So, if the kin of the past victim is who I think he is, Benny. Got to be. Got to be. Tommy didn't kill a lot of motherfuckers. Benny is the only kin of a past victim that I would think is important at this point. Y'all can't reintroduce me to anybody. anybody. Don't bring in nobody new on episode nine. Like, please don't. But it's power, so I'm not going to put it past him. Facts. Um, however, if this is Benny, then yeah, Tommy, you're going to be battling for your motherfucking life, bro. I'm just saying, he got his comeuppance. Yeah. Like, you know, they don't be real clever. With Remember when he was like, uh, he get caught with his pants down? Yeah, Tate. He yep. was literally caught with his pants down? Caught with his pants down? Fucking. I don't understand another way that you can get your comeuppance. I mean. Because that's usually like. If you killed my kin. 
comeuppance would be me killing you. That's where I'm headed with it. Where so the fuck is these sirens coming from around this way? I don't know. So so Tommy gonna have his team trying to get him and Benny trying to get him. Maybe he gonna get shot. And let me see. Let me just make sure. Yep, Tommy gets his comeuppance. I just wanted to make sure it said he got it. And I mean, comeuppance is literally punishment or fate that someone deserves. That's the definition of comeuppance. Yeah, so... So, maybe he could shot any battling for his life, like, in the hospital? Something got to happen to Tommy. Motherfucker got to get hurt. Tommy ain't got beat up since Milan beat that nigga up for the whole episode. You remember when Milan and the Serbians jumped that nigga? Yeah. And then they kept him there and let him heal and shit, and nigga came out like Wolverine. They let him heal, and they uh, they broke him and had him hating ghosts. Yeah. He wanted Man. to kill ghosts at the end of that season. How you let seven niggas whoop your ass, and then you come out hating me? I've seen that shit before. And, uh, Bitch. And uh, what's that shit? He used to come on Stars, uh, Homeland. Mm, they turned that's a good-ass nigga. show, yeah. Turn you know him. what that is? That's like when... Uh, when you tell your homegirl or your homeboy that they person is cheating on them and then they get mad at you. Bitch, they cheating, nigga. Fuck it. All right. I ain't going to tell you ass next time, nigga. But uh, so, yeah, man, we got episode nine coming up. I think that, I don't know, the, the part about Dre is the only part that's really leaving me kind of confused because the rest of that shit I feel like is pretty obvious. He's definitely going to think that Ghost is the one who killed Kasha, Tasha or Keisha. Why? I don't know. Because Ghost already told you. How the fuck I'm going to know where you live at? One, tell me, I don't know where the fuck you live. Two, why the fuck would I try to kill Keisha? I just try to send her the fuck away. Come on, Tommy, think. Come on, Tommy, think. Fuck. So, I, but Tommy is emotional, right? And that's one thing we've learned about that nigga's character. He move off emotion through and through. He don't think shit at all. He just do shit. So, if he think Ghost killed her... Then Ghost got He was like, I thought you were trying to kill Keisha uh, for it uh, for because I did Angela. That nigga looked yeah. like, bitch, Keisha ain't a, a, a even swap for Angela, nigga. And, <laughs> come on, like, Tommy, you think a bitch that you just start fucking is going is equal to the love of my fucking life that I love since we was a kid? Keisha, Keisha, <laughs> get the fuck out of here, dog. Man, dog. Again, like, come on, man. And I feel like we said that I don't be knowing if me and you talking on the pod or. In like just our personal convos, but I feel like we said the only thing akin to Angie for Ghost would have been Holly. Yeah, that's the closest he could have got. And Tommy, you killed Holly or your mama, or I don't even think he'd be mad about Kate. Tommy hate Kate because he looked like he wanted to kill her when uh, Keisha told him that she knew Holly was dead. And like he looked like he wanted to be like. Ma, what the fuck, nigga? What's so funny is like Blanca told him that um in the preview, she said Keisha was ready to sign a statement. Keisha wouldn't sign no statement. Nigga, I got the fucking signature because she had a copy. Keisha got a copy, Blanca got a copy. So why so. you think Tasha took the paper? So we talked about this last week, and I I my my thoughts on it still stand. I think that Tasha took the paper. To show Ghost. Because I feel like Tasha's going... Oh, that's another part of that preview we got to talk about. Uh, Sax talking to Tasha and Tariq. Sax, um, you don't work here no more. Sax, Ghost didn't do everything, bro. Like, fuck. He lit... Fam. We're going to get to that in a minute. Let me get to my point. Uh, Tasha is going to go to Ghost. Tell him what she did. 
and ask him to save her. Like, how do we fix this? Because I don't know how to fix this, nigga. Like, Keisha dead as fuck. I shot her in her fucking forehead and in the chest. How do I fix? She was going to snitch. And I, I think she needed that paper to show Ghost why I killed her. I had no choice. She was going to snitch. Even though we learned that Keisha was trying to run away and not snitch. Um, she was going to get caught. She was, fam, not only was she going to get caught, but she was either going to go to fuck. She, they were going to threaten her with prison time. They probably in Jersey. Yeah. Oh, hell. 1,000% Dan. Either so, they in Jersey or upstate New York. Yeah. There's nowhere else to be. You're going to go through somewhere with a toll yeah. and with a camera and, and we're going to pick whoop. you up. Like, come Man. on, fam. Or you going to go somewhere where somebody recognized YBN Corday and <laughs> shit, nigga, once they see your son is famous, you stuck, nigga. But, so I feel like she took the paper so she could prove to Ghost that she had to kill Keisha. However, um, that part with sex, here's my biggest issue with sex. Ghost just saved your life. And literally the scene after he told Tommy not to kill you and told you, now you owe me. Nigga, you went straight to the feds and told your boss, hey, Tommy Egan and Ghost just admitted all these crimes directly in my fucking face while they tried to kill me. Fam, how you going to immediately snitch on me? Like, what the fuck is that? Problem number two, how the fuck are you at my ex-wife crib or estranged wife or whatever the fuck Tasha is talking about uh, you trust Ghost? Does he trust you or is he loyal to you? Nigga, why are you trying to turn people against? Tommy admitted in your face that he killed Angie. You was so hell-bent this whole season he don't, about figuring. shit on, on Ghost. But your whole season was about finding out who killed Angela Valdez. How the fuck are you at my crib asking about loyalty? Nigga, go arrest Tommy. What the fuck, nigga? Like, come on, son. You can't arrest nobody. Well, yeah, Sax can't arrest nobody, but he might could call Blanca and be like, fam, I just had Tommy Egan tell me this, this, and that. Maybe follow some leads on Tommy and see what the fuck's going on. Like, something, dog. I just, I'm like, Sax, you just a disloyal nigga at this point. Because Ghost just actually could have let you die in your room jacking off, nigga. You know how embarrassing that'd be? To be found with your fucking jeans. First of all, you nasty for jacking off in jeans. That's a problem. Facts. Second of all, to get found with your jeans on your knees. You ain't even pull them to your ankles, you nasty white man, dog. They on your knees and you was jacking to two fucking lesbians because you saw Blanca and her girl and you got hot and went straight home to jack it to some Hispanic lesbian porn. What I want to understand is, and this is just poor writing. Mm-hmm. Ghost went over there to kill him. Yeah. Because he found out he was no longer a police officer. Yep. But when you got over there, you spared him so you can use him for information. Yeah. He's no longer with the feds, fam. Yeah. Why ain't y'all just let him die? Yeah. Like, not only is he no longer with the feds, but fam, the top fed is trying to put that nigga in prison and get him disbarred. You would have done the feds a favor, but my thing is, and I thought this when they went over there to kill him, I actually hoped that they wouldn't. Because Ghost and Tom, nobody in New York can come up dead at this point. Because they looking directly at Ghost. Period. They don't even look at Tommy. Tommy's a fucking mass murderer, nigga. Ghost is going to go down for the jogger uh, murder. <laughs> On some uh, oh, Central shit. Park 5 shit. Dog. Central Park 1. Dog. He is the Central Park 1. That nigga is, oh my goodness, dog. So, 
I, I was like, dog, if sacks come up dead, no matter how many enemies that nigga might have created on the street, y'all going at ghost. So also, this not no midseason finale. Because ten and then come back with five is not the middle. <laughs> it's just, that's not how it works, nigga. This is the uh, two-thirds finale. They did that Keisha map. Like, God damn, one little Indian, two little Indian, nigga, uh, it don't add up. That was that Keisha math, man. But um, yeah, dog, I, I know that uh Ghost is either being set up to die or go to prison. If they kill Ghost, I am done. Also, how do y'all make do we don't so listen, what's that? We've made a bunch of assumptions yeah. about what we think this new spinoff is gonna be. Facts. We don't know that Tariq is going to be in the spinoff. We have no clue. I don't know. Here's the thing. I don't know what they're playing. Because when niggas talk about the spinoffs, we've heard too much. We've heard about the the Power Book or Book Power, whatever that shit called, Power Book 2, which is called Power Book 2, The Rise of Canaan. Easy to assume that that's going to be about Canaan pre-prison. No, though. It can't be. Cause he said, unless he lying, yeah. it start forty eight hours after the this after season power. ends. Yeah. So then, what I'm wondering is maybe they're being like kind of cryptic and saying the rise of Canaan, but really it's the rise of Tariq, Canaan's understudy, Canaan's true son. You know what I'm saying? Like the nigga Canaan really taught. And then what if that narrative comes back? If I'm gonna be so fucking pissed. If they even say though we, even though we know that um so technically technically Courtney didn't lie when she said Angela didn't die. Mm-hmm. Because she was technically in the in the season, season yeah. And alive on the way to the hospital and then in surgery she died. Yeah. So technically she didn't lie because I was saying she was a liar. Yeah. But she already came out and said specifically that that's not the case. That's not his son. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would be upset if Kanan was the dad. Like if they figured out a way. Because my thing is with Power Man, like I just don't like my intelligence being insulted. So when y'all stretch something, fine. But don't tell me you're not stretching something and then tell me, no, nah, we stretched it. Like I tell you, Tasha and 50 ain't make no light-skinned baby. No. Nah. That nigga be dark as fuck. Yeah. Yeah, them two. Them two. And they was twins. So that was always the part that we like refuted that rumor with, right? Yeah, nigga, like, no, you can't be one of them daddy and not the other one, nigga. It don't work that way. Yeah. But niggas still don't realize that they were twins. Yeah. Even though, I mean, if y'all watch Power for real, for real, them niggas call them the twins like 93 times, but whatever. Um, I just don't want to see that. But again, I don't know what Power Book 2 will be. I don't know where Mary J. Blige comes in. Who the fuck are you? She an auntie. Is she an auntie? Is she an auntie? Because we all look at her like auntie. Because Is she an auntie? Is if, she 50 lady? If 50, not if 50, if Kane, God damn it. If Ghost and Tasha, one die, one go to jail, or both go to jail, yeah. somebody got to take care of the kids. Is it? Is it Auntie? Yeah. But do we know that? And so that's the other thing, dog. With 50, shout out to 50, man. You're a great liar. Why are you a great liar? Because you lie so much that I don't know what to believe. It's not that I don't believe shit. And nobody told us that. What's this nigga? What's the little nigga? Tariq. Name? Tariq was yeah. gonna be in the sequel. We Man. all remember. We all was like, "Oh yeah, it's gonna be 
um, he gonna be Ghost, the girl gonna be Tasha, and the yeah. white boy gonna be Tommy. Well, that's not gonna happen. Yay, that is over. <laughs> Clearly, that's not gonna happen. Yo, so uh, the other theory I had on the whole like last two episodes before the mid season, whatever. Do we see old girl again? Tariq's little classmate chick. Before the mid season, probably like episode 10. I, I feel like they'll use that to, because the only reason that I say that is because of the text. When she was sending the text message saying, yo, Reek was short on work. I think like something about the competition. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like looks like the competition is drying up, whatever, whatever. Fam. She couldn't have been texting somebody unimportant to this plot. Nigga, like, clearly you're working with somebody, dude. But and, who? And the referring to him as the competition means you don't, they don't know who he is. Like, yeah. not Tariq yeah. or Ghost Kid yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Now, if he would have used a, a first name, that'd be different. Yeah. But this is sound like a new character. Now you do got, we got seven episodes left, right? Fact total. Yeah. Let's say Tariq is going to be in the spinoff. Yeah. You got seven episodes to make this nigga likable because if you don't, I'm not, Oh man, why would anybody watch a series Yo. based around him? And he's not likable. And he, why? Shout out to Michael Rainey. That's Tariq's, the actor's real name. Shout out to Michael Rainey Jr. Man, you, you cool with me, bro. But nigga, in your current Tariq state, with your current Tariqness, I'm not watching. Fam, I could barely, when I rewatch, you know, we rewatch episodes. That's what we do. My rewatches, the second, the third, and the fourth one, I had to fast forward through them teacher parts, dog. I don't care enough. One, you're not likable, so I don't want to see you come up on no bread. He just don't look smart. Two, not only do you not look smart and look like you know what you're doing within that drug world, but you also don't look like you should be in that drug world, nigga. Like, you're not smart looking or intimidating, You bro. ain't no fresh Jay Reed. Man, that's an underrated fucking movie, bro. That's an underrated fucking movie. So, uh, yeah. After, in two weeks, after Power Go Off, yeah. we will give y'all a Minute Society review. Facts, cause yo, here's what uh, here's what y'all need to know. While power is on, and like one of our like regulars is on, unless some major shit comes out, we can't stop the the flow. Now we can give y'all Mister Two and Three podcasts a week, but y'all gotta know that we also when cause when power go off, we need to make sure we still got other shit to give y'all. Oh, speaking of which. I think I told you, but just in case, I can't remember if we talked since then. Black and Blue. Go see that. Black and Blue. Check that out, bro. Um, That was a good movie. Uh, Oh, real quick, before I do this. Do you have a student ID? No. I lost mine. Well, it got stolen. My truck got stolen. Um, All right. Well, we about to do a competition. First person with a student ID in the Metro Detroit area. That emails this week in culture pod at gmail.com when they hear this. First person with a student ID will get two passes to Queen and Slim on November 6th. I got screening passes and it's for students only. When I initially got them, it wasn't. So I was going, you know, put a situation together. But here's the thing though 
Both people need to have student IDs. So whoever you bring need to have student ID. Nigga, that's why I was gonna give them to you, but I couldn't go with you. You know what I'm saying? So look, you and whoever you go with gotta have a student ID. Or if you just got a student ID and you want to go on your own, that's fine. But I do have two passes to Queen and Slim. It's an event that was put on by local universities, Oakland, Wayne. I think UAD was a part of that. Um, so it was like paid for for students by students. So that's why I can't go because I no longer have access to my student ID. But first person to email this week in culture pod at gmail.com. I have two passes for you. November 6th, Imagine Royal Oak, 7 p.m. I recommend getting there early just to make sure you get a good seat. Seats are not uh, guaranteed. So maybe get there around 536 p.m. Have a drink, chill out in line. But Queen and Slim passes for November 6th. Uh, me and Jay will talk off air about our plans for the Queen and Slim premiere that we will do for the podcast and some of our most dedicated listeners. But again, if you want two free passes to Queen and Slim and you and the person you plan on taking have student IDs, hit the podcast email. I will personally email them uh, the passes back to you in response. And that's going to the first person that emails this week in culture pod at gmail.com. All right. So that being said, Power will be back this weekend. We want to thank everybody for rocking with us. We want to thank everybody in Nicaragua for rocking with us. Again, we top 40, nigga. Top 40 and we not 40, nigga. Uh, thank you to everybody who listens, man. Oh, last thing. I want That screenshot you sent me earlier, bro. I want to read that off. That review? Yeah, yeah. I want to read that off, man. Whoever uh, wrote this... This touched me, man. I really appreciate what you said. So we got a review on the podcast. So I don't really rate or review podcasts, but this one is deserving. I stumbled across this one looking for a podcast on Snowfall, and it hasn't disappointed. I've shared it with others, and we all look forward to it dropping on Tuesday. We even send a text to alert each other when it drops. With all of that being said, this podcast is hilarious. We can relate to all the references and throwbacks from other movies, shows, songs, etc., and we love the ghost impression, LOL. Keep it up. Great job, guys. Um, right up under that, stumbled on this podcast looking for snowfall analysis, great analysis, smart, down to earth, just entertaining. Guys, keep it up. To both of those podcast reviewers and to everybody else who's ever reviewed us, who's ever rated us, we still hanging on a five-star rating right now on Apple. Keep rating us on everything you listen to, every uh, digital streaming platform that you rock with us. Rate us, review us, tell your friend to tell a friend. We giving y'all some of the dopest, most original content out here. And even on weeks where it ain't no shows out, trust and believe me and Jay going to be in the studio with the fire, man. So thank y'all. Appreciate y'all. This Week in Culture. Are we going to number this episode? Yeah, we might as well, nigga, because this went way longer than I thought, nigga. I thought we was gonna get these niggas about twelve minutes. Yeah, this week in culture episode seventy, I think. Uh, I'm gonna confirm that when we get off air. But no matter what episode is, we love y'all. We rock with y'all. We appreciate y'all. Peace. That shit was dope. Uh, Let's get these niggas some fire, fucking bar.